3: You're listening to The Destiny Show Podcast. Part of the Robots Radio Network. Live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific.
4: Robots Radio presents...
3: Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. Tonight, we return with a very special guest, Dave Hunt. He is the co host of Digital Days podcast. He is a video game industry veteran and one of the biggest Destiny fans in our community. We'll chat about the new quest line in Destiny called The Corridors of Time. We'll talk about the new season of Dawn, and we'll discuss the latest news from Bungie with This Week at Bungie. And we'll also dive into our favorite moments from 2019. So, Guardians, thank you so much for joining us. And I guess first off, I'll invite my co-host. Welcome back, Shadow Price. How you been? Oh, man. It's been a minute. (laughs)
5: We had the holidays. We had a bunch of, like in real life things happen, as you can attest to. So we took a little bit of break and everything because we needed to get all our ducks in a row, get things, like, situated. And, you know, the holidays can be a very busy time of year, especially myself with four children and everything. And um, went to a lot of volleyball games. My daughter played volleyball, like, this season, and uh, I got to watch her play and stuff so that was really cool and you know i've had some you know deadson gaming and also made a huge purchase i bought a a diesel vh2 amp that costed me about 2600 um so that was my christmas present to myself and uh yeah pretty happy to be
3: here that sounds like the christmas present of the decade it sounds like christmas presents for 10 years that's awesome
5: yeah i was really excited
3: now now was the lemon worth the squeeze because that's a pretty big purchase Oh my
5: god yes yes it was because i also went and saw tool um during that time frame too my favorite band i saw them in november and i uh yeah it was it was a surreal experience they're they're just incredible and then, when I plugged in my amp and it sounded just like them, <laughs> instant instant gratification and validation for my purchase.
3: Awesome, very cool. yeah. and and you know, on the note of taking a break, I, I do want to uh, apologize to our community for uh, not being super active with podcasting these last few months. Uh, I'm also going through quite a bit of changes here. I'm going to be moving to Florida uh, pretty soon, and that's uh, about 2,000 miles away from where I am now. So I had to take some time to plan and to transition. Um, and yeah, and it's it's great to be back. And I, I appreciate everybody um, listening to the show and for supporting our show in 2019. We greatly appreciate you all. And uh, you've definitely made Uh, my 2019 extra special with uh, checking us out every week for supporting the show, for liking us, tweeting our show. And uh, we really appreciate you all. And um, on that note, I want to welcome our special guest tonight. Dave Hunt is back. And uh, Dave, welcome back. It's so great to have you.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Thanks guys for having me on again.
3: Absolutely. Our pleasure. And for any of our listeners who may not know, Dave was on with us pretty early on when we started podcasting back in. Oh man, I think it was February, March. if I'm not mistaken. Was it, it March? It, okay, I think it was March, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was back in March when we were using Skype to record. So we have grown a little bit since then, and um, yeah, it's 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 really great to have you back on with us and uh you've had some changes going on with yourself as well in uh, 2019 and we're going to dive into that tonight uh we're going to invite dave back for our discussion with the guardians so dave we're going to put you on the hot seat tonight so i hope you're ready yeah it's all okay. good awesome well and the first question i guess we have for you is how have the last 12 months been for you since you were last on the show
2: um it, it's been fine i mean like i've got you know i've got kids in college and you know a daughter that's going to graduate high school soon and then i've got a young toddler as well so like a lot of the family time has been uh, tied up with a lot of that driving picking them up from school and figuring all that stuff out And I know then,
5: exactly what you mean there
2: <laughs> um <laughs> and then i've had a couple uh changes with in terms of my game coverage as well just uh platform changes and just adjusting to to new you know new things with digital days um after leaving uh, ps nation i was i was at ps nation for a long time like four or five years um just you know from a you know a freelance standpoint and then it just came to a point where i was ready to just just to do my own thing and you know there were some creative differences between me and some of the staff so it was just time to to change and to move on and one of those things that it does allow me to do or it has allowed me to do, is to um, focus a little bit more multi-platform than I had been focusing before. And I was able to, um, you know, start delving into PC gaming a little bit more, uh, which is something that I've always kind of wanted to check out. And um, I have a, a rel- relatively, what I would call relatively decent gaming PC right now. So, um, yeah. So that's been the, Yeah, that's been <laughs> kind of the biggest change. I don't have like a super, you know, high tech beefed up one. I bought a lot of pieces kind of, uh, you know, via, you know, Craigslist and Marketplace. And, you know, a couple of friends that I had that had other pieces laying around and kind of put together. And it, you know, it runs games at, you know, 1080p higher than 60 frames. And I can, you yeah. know, one of the biggest <laughs> tests for me was, uh, you know, was Destiny because I played so much Destiny on the console. So playing it at, you know, near 100 frames. Um, and using taking advantage of the cross-save content and the field of view has been it's been nice um i own shadow keep on playstation so i'm still going back and forth um Mm -hmm. but definitely when i'm just messing around by myself or anything like that it's been on the pc
5: it's very well optimized on pc it is like it's uh, uh, like vicarious visions when they did work you know with uh bungie and you know when bungie was activision they did remarkable work um for uh, Bungie and everything so it, like that, that port is like excellent and now Bungie you know they've been able to, since they've been independent you know they they took what they had there that basically yeah. that template and you know it's transformed very well they took a handful of people
2: they were able to bring them over from VV as well they oh, they did? Own, Yeah, they got it. Oh, that's not, great. Not like an entire studio, but they got the the pieces that they, you know, the people that have been working on it for a couple of years, they, they came, uh, they came with them.
3: So. I didn't know that. That's that's excellent. Yeah, I think the one area where Bungie has really excelled at is really producing an amazing quality game on the PC. I mean, when we first started playing Destiny and when we switched the, to the PC when Destiny 2 first came out, I mean, it was like it was like heaven because and I kind of spoiled my gaming experience for me on consoles when I did that because I pretty much spent seven or eight months kind of saving up money and buying parts whenever I found, you know, an affordable enough deal kind of how you did it. But uh, we shopped new quite a bit mm-hmm. I think a lot of our parts came from Newegg and amazon and we just kind of found you know whatever the most economical price for the parts that we wanted and i got extremely lucky with my build i think i have a 1080ti graphics card so i'm able to really push the limits of uh of the rig and i also got a 1440p monitor so that was the that's other thing. I, that really, that's the next thing
2: I need to look into. So I've learned a lot about that.
3: So yeah, it's 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 truly incredible playing Destiny in high frames. Yes, yeah, so I've upgraded
5: my monitor as resolution
3: well, since. Yeah, and and everyone who, every one of my friends who actually like switched to a high refresh monitor had said unanimously, it's totally totally worth it. Um, it, it, it's kind of tough for me because I, when I, whenever I go back to play some of my old PlayStation games or the PlayStation exclusives, it's kind of hard to adjust. And, and it's like, I want to go back and play destiny on PS4 with some of my friends, but it runs so, I don't want to say it runs bad because I mean, we have existed for many years with playing in 30 frames and it was fine.
5: 30 frames just looks bad now, unfortunately, though, when you're coming from 144, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: definitely get the quicksand feeling.
5: Yeah, it takes your your eyes a little time to adjust and everything, you know, so. It's
3: uh, definitely. Yeah. And, and so, Dave, what are some of your favorite highlights from 2019 in the world of gaming? Do you have any memorable <sighs> moments that really stick out for you? Um, we talked about this on one of my
2: other episodes not i mean nothing that really it was kind of a very basic year nothing like at least for me like nothing really stood out like super super fantastic it was more a little bit of um i mean it sounds bad to say this but it kind of a little bit of a disappointment like i was hoping that like division two would you know would live up to you know a little bit of a looters aspect and then the train wreck that was and still is anthem Oh, Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So like those were two major releases that, you know, that had been things that were on my radar for so long and they just weren't you know, weren't good. And division is trying to, you know, it looks like they've started to retool their game again um, from division one, obviously. And then they, you know, were able to retool division one and then they brought out division two and that had some positiveness to it. And then long-term it had some issues. And just like, you know, seeing games as service kind of go through what they're going through um, is, is always a little bit of a, you know, interesting challenge. Um, and just to see how, developers are trying to maintain everything and and the thing that's the most intriguing to me though is just the the change of you know live services of not necessarily of games but live services of platforms like origins Premier and xbox game pass and um you know some of these other things that look like they're starting to to bring out and to try to change the way gaming is 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 viewed.
5: Yeah, I mean, it was no 2017, like, and uh, that, that's like 2019 just I mean, it was an OK year. I mean, yeah, there mm-hmm. was some there was some good games, but there wasn't really anything great like in 2019. There was no like, God of War. There was no Breath of the Wild. There was no there was nothing like that mm-hmm. this year,
3: last year. We, we did get the Resident Evil 2 remake, which was an excellent, excellent game you get a really good job with that yeah
5: I, I that was my game of the year i loved it i thought it was i thought it was great um played it on pc and that it was just it's it's amazing
3: yeah and and i think for me the other the other two games that i really enjoyed this past year were uh, mario maker 2 which is a nintendo game and then the new pokemon sword and shield and i know this is probably not going to be the most popular uh sentiment amongst the community but i really enjoyed uh playing those two games from uh the time that i had to play them and also Bungie went through some big big changes in 2019 especially around e3 we learned kind of the the roadmap for where Bungie was going as a independent company and it's it's really interesting to see where destiny is today from where it was when we first podcasted together back in March.
1: hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, the changes of how they're trying to deliver content and, and implementation of cross save and their teach their teasing of um, implementing cross play is, you know, is interesting. And then the trying to figure out um, how they're going to navigate next gen is going to be
3: fascinating. Yeah, Yeah, I I think this year is going to be so exciting in video games because we have next-gen consoles coming out. We have some really big games that are coming this year uh, between Cyberpunk, which did get delayed.
2: We got some really big games coming right up against next-gen hardware now,
5: too. Yeah, yeah, that that was a pretty big delay, five months. Yeah, I
2: mean, Uh. Avengers just got delayed until September, and Final Fantasy got pushed back only a couple months, but...
5: Yeah, it's uh, I mean, as the games get bigger and more graphically intensive, like I feel like this is going to happen more and more. But the thing is, is I don't mind it because I, I, you know, take the time, make the game great. You know, that's in my opinion.
2: I don't think it has anything to do with the densities of the games or the challenging of of game development now. I think it just has to do with, you know, some things that we're probably going to talk about as well of like release schedules being being told when to talk about your games you know like versus just talking about them when you're ready to talk about them because i mean you look at like you know earlier this year like what ea did with apex like nobody knew what it was and then by the end of the week everybody was playing it um, and they didn't let anybody tell them what they were or weren't going to do. But then you look at a game like Anthem is and then when we find out that, you know, they only had like, you know, two months to make a trailer. For, it had to be ready for E3, and they weren't even, when that trailer came out, like whatever it was, like 2016 or 15 or whatever that was, they didn't even know if those mechanics were going to be in the game because they weren't far enough along in the game, but they were told that it's E3, you have to show a trailer. Like we have to show something. Versus, you know, being able to reveal something on your own time frame when you're ready and and to control the
3: environment. Yeah, you know, I think I think you're totally right about that. And it almost feels like in the past, game publishers and game developers would almost work around the schedule of E3. Mm -hmm. And if something's not ready, then they still have to make sure they have something to show at E3. Whereas now, I think that seeing the failures of games like Anthem and the turbulence that Ubisoft had in 2019, delaying so many games, cutting their projections for their uh, financial earnings, and
5: Bethesda having issues all across the board too with with Fallout
3: 76. Uh. And it's it's an overall really interesting time in the video game industry because I feel like things are really, really changing in a big way. We're no longer consuming content in the same way that we did three, four, five years ago where we go to a GameStop and buy the game and now more and more people are relying on digital distribution. So it changes how...
2: It's almost the same as like the, the six o'clock news, like 20 years ago, like you used to everybody used to watch the six o'clock news because you watched from six o'clock till six thirty for local news and you watched from six thirty to seven for national news. And that told you what you needed to know about that day now. But now you can get a ping on your phone at nine thirty in the morning that lets you know what essentially whatever you need to know. Yeah, and, and you know, so, Nintendo
5: Direct, like in a day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you, you know, like uh, my daughter, a seventeen-year-old senior in high school, she, there's apparently there's like a Snapchat news functionality that it's a sixty-second snap of what's going on, and she watches it on her phone, and she knows almost as much as I do about the day-to-day operations of the world.
5: Hmm. Wow.
2: And that's like fully animated or not animated, but fully uh, produced and programmed and, and released. Um, and it's it's pinged right to their phones. Yeah. So in terms of like how these companies have to deliver news, like you don't necessarily have to wait for, you know, the end of the year or the end of a quarter, or if you're, when you're ready to go, you're you're ready to go. And, and I think that there's so, I mean, going to E3, as many E3s as I've been to, there's so many things that I could see on a Tuesday morning and somebody could ask me Thursday afternoon what I thought about what I saw on Tuesday morning, and I might not even remember what it was yeah. because of how much stuff that I had seen. And it might be great. Or you, you you see something at E3 in June, and it comes out in October, and then all of a sudden you get the email about it, and you're like, I totally forgot about that game even existed. Just because yeah. there's so much stuff versus all of a sudden if they did something in September that said, Hey, here's a trailer and, and here's some people that got to play our game and here's their YouTube videos and here's what they thought about it and it comes out in two weeks.
5: Like you got more developers than ever before making games and everything too. Mm-hmm. So now it's just like look at the Switch. Like like it has over three thousand games on there now. Mm-hmm. Like just I mean, there's been an indie explosion on the Switch and everything so i mean yeah that's a, a majority are indie games on the switch it's just because it, it's an easy platform that's easy to put those kind of games on there and everything so um but yeah and it's just like corn said to like with uh digital you know distribution and everything you can, and all these stores have in marketplaces literally just at the quick uh, click of a button on you know your your the dashboard of that uh you know gaming platform you can You have games, you have content at the finger, your fingertips.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting time. And I, I think this new model for how video games are released. It's I think this is going to better the quality of the games that we get. And also it's going to allow for game developers to have a more sustainable. Roadmap for how they release content, how they release games, because video games are a lot more complex now than they were 20 years ago. And I think that as each year goes by, gamers expect more from the games that we play. We want games to be bigger. We want them to be more immersive, better graphics. And all of these things take time to really produce and it's, it's taking longer and longer to create video games. I mean, look at the Call of Duty franchise. They switched from a two-year uh, development model to a three-year development model years ago. And I don't think it's becoming less challenging. I, I think it is becoming even more challenging with the complexities in the game-as-a-service model that are being introduced and um, proven to be so successful amongst players isn't sledgehammer out
5: now though isn't it just infinity ward and um Treyarch? they changed something but we haven't heard if they they had a de- the, the 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 black ops team or
2: the blackout team is working mm-hmm. on the next one and it's not supposed to be their turn but it sounds right. like the sledgehammer version went through a little bit of development hell so yeah yeah that's
5: what i heard too
3: didn't sledgehammer create call of duty world no no um modern not modern, uh, warfare, not modern Warfare, not
5: Modern Warfare, Advanced and, yeah, and uh, warfare. World War Two, too, right? Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't keep track of all of it, but.
3: Yeah, yeah I've 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 lost touch with with the Call of Duty franchise myself. Um, I think the last Call of Duty game that I really played religiously, and I know Shadow Price will share the sentiment, uh, but that was Call of Duty Ghosts, and that was so many years ago.
5: Yeah. Yeah, we were. That's the one we played the most, like you know, in recent memory. This new one, from a multiplayer standpoint, is really, really good though. The seasonal content that they're
2: trying, like Modern Warfare.
5: Graphically, it's really impressive too, because I think they use a different like engine or something, right? An upgrade. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, it's just the way it, the way it's functioning and working for players is really good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and
3: I hear the story is really good too. It's... Yeah,
2: it's short, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Definitely, a game to check out, uh, maybe later this year. Um, but uh, but yeah. So Dave, in the later part of 2019, you mentioned you had left PS Nation and you started Digital Days Gaming. Do you want to tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah. So um, like I said, you know, we uh, i have gotten to a point where I felt kind of like capped out with PS Nation um, to where I was wanting to do a little bit less a lot less writing i really am not a huge fan of writing um and i wanted to do a little bit more content creation and i just felt like in order for me to do that um that i needed to kind of have my own platform and my own my own way of doing that and it was initially off the start was just going to be just me streaming on twitch um and exporting and exporting to youtube and just having conversations on twitch um but then my departure spurred a good friend of mine, Michael's departure as well. And we, you know, so we had started talking a little bit after that. Um, I didn't know when, um, when I left that he was going to leave. Um, but he did. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that spurred on us t- deciding to work together, him and I had been podcasting together before we'd been to multiple E3s and, um, and we're just good friends and we have a very good chemistry with each other. Um, we, have very different gaming uh enjoyment, uh genre likenesses and um and also just different outviews on how, you know, how games function. And we had both, you know, slowly been, you know, feeling the itch to 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 broaden our horizons and and to play more things outside of the PlayStation world. Um, I loved my time with, with, uh, PS nation. It was, I got afforded, you know, multiple opportunities to do things that I would never have been able to do before, but I was just ready to, um, kind of spread, spread my wings a little bit and, and try some other different things. And those different things evolved into digital days gaming. Um, which as it stands right now is a podcast that we live stream and is released as an audio version. Um, We have a YouTube channel and uh, Facebook integration as well with Facebook group. Uh, where tons and tons of great conversations and building and interacting with the community is is the top priority. Um, Community involvement and interaction is is a huge, huge factor for me. And and the the name uh, Digital Days is like just similar to the conversation that we that we've been having, like just today of how media is, you know, how things are produced and 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 given, whether it's streaming or esports or music or, you know, video games like I can't remember the last disc that I inserted into my PlayStation and, you know, and then moving into PC gaming, which is all digital, um, Mm -hmm. you know, has been, has been interesting and a challenge. I still, I cannot play mouse and keyboard like that just will never happen. Um, You know what,
3: Dave, I, I'm the same way. And (laughs) I've been on PC for two and a half years now, and I still use a PS4 controller no shame in that there's um, oh, a Pro controller. I'm jealous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. So that's burn uh, digital days gaming um, the hard, like the hardest thing to do. And you guys probably know this is from some of the stuff you've been doing, but the hardest thing to do is find a name.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it, know, is, like, it is like a stuff.
2: name that's not taken or that when you google doesn't you know take you somewhere else that you don't want it to go you know like it, and then and then being able to once you find a name that you think is okay trying to make sure that that name's not taken on other platforms as well um or like i learned that you know there's too many you, there's a character limitation on the twitter handle like you can't have your twitter handle be too long uh digital days gaming is too long <laughs> Mm. um but it's not too long on twitch and you know it's not too long on facebook and you know just things like that and then you know finding you know podcast software um you know hosting software and it's been it's been fascinating these are all things that i had never done before um you know Mm. i most of them were kind of you know taught to me. Like I learned how to edit, you know, from my time at PS Nation, from the staff of PS Nation, from Glenn. Um, And I learned how to upload things and, and moving, doing things differently. Not that, you know, it's, it's good, bad, or, or indifferent. Uh, It's just different. And seeing the tools that are available in 2019 and 2020 that allow you to do certain things have, have really, you know, streamlined a lot of things for me. And it sounds crazy to say, but doing my own, passion project is way less stressful than the stuff I was doing with PS nation.
5: <laughs> yeah, I could, I can definitely like relate to Hello that. There. Um, do we, are, do we have a dark angel sighting?
0: Right Sorry now? about being late. See, I went to go pick oh. dark it up oh. angel my, med- my <laughs> medication at the pharmacy and there was a really long line. That's and I'm like, okay. this is fine. And then I had to wait a really long time. And then I ran all the, I, Had to catch a bus and everything here, and now I'm here. I am back. I am. I am alive. And
3: yeah. Well, welcome. Well, welcome. It's welcome back. Have you back? (laughs) And yes, Dark Angel is our resident lore expert on the Destiny show. And Aww. she's probably one of the most intelligent people in lore that I've met in this Nisa. community. Uh, very knowledgeable, and also she works for NASA,
0: Nisa. which yeah.
3: I still think is so cool. I think it's the coolest thing. I cool just say thing. it like
0: that to be funny. Yeah, it's
3: pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Dave, congr- congrats on on getting started with digital days gaming and um for our listeners where can where can our listeners find your podcast and where you create content with digital games
2: uh just digitaldaysgaming.com Um, that'll take you to the to the website it's uh we use Simplecast as a podcast host and all of the all the episodes are there um we have the you know the social the the facebook group where there's a ton of interaction there you can just search digital days gaming and you'll find the facebook group um you know twitter is at digital days pod pod and then um we also have uh the youtube channel digital days gaming and then patreon as well just patreon.com slash digital days
3: gaming awesome and we will make sure to include all of these uh, links in the show notes for this episode. And uh, definitely check out Dave's new podcast, uh, Digital Days Gaming. And so, this one, this question is going to be more about Destiny and kind of where we've gone from Shadowkeep to where we are today. Um, what do you guys think about? Destiny to post Shadow Keep.
0: Interesting question.
4: Hmm. Hmm. I mean. Yeah,
0: definitely.
2: Yeah. I mean it's I think it's still too early to tell. So the reason why I feel like it's too early to tell is that during Season of the Undying, we had Shadow Keep layered onto that. And then with now a Season of Dawn, it's there is no substantial uh, content update. So Uh, or i'm sorry there's not a secondary content on top of it so the concern was when people looked at season of the undying there wasn't very much story if any um because we had shadow keep and then i think people were a little surprised like i was skeptical on what they were going to be able to show in season of the dawn and then they showed the trailer for saint 14 and i was like okay i'm in like that's worth ten dollars for me like that's not a problem and then And the stuff that we the stuff that we got with the first couple of story missions, um, obviously, the front of the season is front loaded um, that it it looked like it had some, you know, some promise. And then they're still trying to they're still trying to to wade the water of not alienating their free to play player base and then also still keeping the uh, paid players uh, engaged. And I think it's a very, very hard balance.
5: And now we got this crazy hardcore IOB labs, uh, 2.0 puzzle going on. Like that's like testing the community, like at, you know,
0: mm-hmm. I think it's pretty awesome. Of,
5: you know, just craziness right now, <laughs> but it is Hopeful. really cool. It is Hopeful. really cool because it's sure it going it to lead will. to something amazing.
1: No, it's
0: going to lead to an exotic ghost shell.
5: I'm sure. I'm sure it will. I th- no. Yeah
0: i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i i don't know <laughs> I, hope I really that's don't not
4: the case i hope i it's really a don't weapon. know i hope
0: yeah of course i think yeah. Bungie's
4: doing the right thing too they're letting the community
5: solve it and everything yes. they're, they're letting the community. i just think this is kind of like cool because what they do with best the high, with the um so.
0: collector's edition there was a similar, like, puzzle, but not on this scale, though. It was only with, like, Collector's Edition people. I mean, we still had Raid Secrets, like, helping and everything, but, like, only the Collector's Edition people could really look at the images because if you didn't have the Collector's Edition and put in the emblem code you get from the Hive Cryptoglyph thingy, you couldn't look at the pictures. You couldn't see anything. So, but then eventually they figured out, that, like, you have to layer them, a spe- the images, a specific way to form sentences and then we had people like trying to guess on what it was saying, but now it's been solved and the Yeah, that's where we that's where they we found out about the King oh, Swarm orcs thing, trying right? to bring back they're trying to bring use the power of the pyramid and the nightmares to bring back Oryx. That's their that's their end game. Meanwhile, Savathun is just like, you're Enough not gonna orcs. do that. Yeah. You're all just gonna die. So it doesn't matter.
2: Right. And that's the, and that's some of the balance that I'm talking about, though, is that there is a, a, a section of yeah. players that are playing Destiny 2 that don't ever see a nightmare. Because they don't own Shadow Keep. And then if these players decide to engage in the next season or the season after that, they have to figure out a way to weave those things together without punishing the people that, play, that paid and played Shadowkeep, yeah. but also still getting the new player to engage in the new season. So it's in a really, really, really hard spot right now.
3: Yeah, it's a very delicate balancing act because they want to keep all players happy and engaged and feeling like there's new stuff to do in the game. And uh, especially now with the move to Steam and from my understanding, uh, Destiny's been killing it on Steam isn't it the highest it's, rated it, game or one of the highest it's mm-hmm. just like the
5: top 5
3: i think if i'm not yeah. mistaken
2: well it, it peaked i mean it peaked obviously it peaked at when shadow keep launched because shadow keep launched and it also peaked at because that's when free to play launched as well
5: yeah yeah i i i basically foresaw that happening like mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but it's also been a pretty steady decline lately as well because a lot of your free to play player base is as you start getting away from the seasonal content, if you're not purchasing the seasonal content, is Strikes, Gambit, and Crucible. And two-thirds of that sentence is not in good shape right now. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully, there's changes in the works. <laughs> Hopefully, this puzzle leads to trials.
0: <laughs> no, not, not in this current state that PvP. They can't bring seen. trials
2: to this game in the, in, in the state that the sandbox is in and the state that this cheating measures are in right now. The yeah. stuff that you're seeing on
5: Steam. Yeah, and they've,
1: then sure they've, they've got to. F- yeah, go
5: ahead. Behind the scenes. I think, yeah. uh, I'm sure they're doing things behind the scenes. They brought those people in, uh, brought those top PvP players in for the summit and everything. And I'm sure they were given the feedback, they gave feedback to Bungie and yeah, everything. The the biggest and, thing
2: that they have to figure out though from a trial standpoint is when a player gets banned or booted for DDoSing or whatever they're doing or griefing or cheating, that it's just not possible for them to just make a new Steam account, log back in, and be able to play trials in 20 minutes. Like they however that's going to function, whether that requires you to level yourself up to nine fifty light and and then you know like hopefully that would mean that like light matters in trials or power level matters in trials just to to at least put multiple hours or days between that because if you're just going to open up trials and it's going to be part of the free to play model and light's not going to matter your the the I cheating think, is going to be I think honestly they terrible. would I
0: think trials would be locked behind the like you have to be either in the season like if you you can't be a free to play player in play trials, that's what I'm thinking. They can yeah. just make a new one. Yeah. You can just make a new one and another yeah, one. Yeah, because if they and ban that
5: account, if they end up banning that account, like, mm-hmm. but if they have to pay for it and they ban that account, then they have to pay for the thing again. And right,
2: somebody- but we've also already been through the standpoint of if, when they bring when they bring something back. Or they include or something's included yeah, at launch it's, it's, you
0: have to and then this they try to put careful it behind a paywall because
2: they got a ton of grief. The for cheat-
0: I've seen some of the clips on PC and I'm like, it's another I-, yeah. I play on Xbox mostly. That's why I'm like, hey, at least I don't really have that kind of cheating going on. Yeah. Yeah, I still have to, but not like that kind of like people yeah, teleporting. You still don't have to worry
2: about DDoSers and consoles. So.
0: And spamming supers. Etc. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see when Trials actually does return, because I do think it's on Bungie's roadmap. And there has been a really huge outcry from the community to bring Trials back. So it is something that they are consciously working on, but I think it's going to take some time for them to really mm-hmm. flush it out and build an experience that they are proud of Delivering to the players because I don't think Bungie is going to deliver anything until it's really ready. I think they really learned from past mistakes, from experience in building Destiny over the last six years, and um, I'm gonna guess that Trials will probably come back around summer May.
5: I think it's coming back in May. I think it's gonna come back like around the fifth anniversary of Trials, because like they brought back what they had—the elimination and labs. And now, Elimination is a full game mode again. We can just go and play Elimination. And I'm sure they're they going to do like sandbox revolves. updates here upcoming. And there's going to be nerf nerfs it, and there's going to be some buffs and please. things like that. And yeah, it's, it needs, it, it needs yeah, it another, did. yeah, it does need another nerf. And it's yeah. crazy on PC right now. Like you can literally map somebody with that weapon and you don't have to even aim. You can just like be, it's almost as bad as Aaron's with no, it and still, still kill it it's probably with worse. it at like 14 meters. So, it's, <laughs> but um, yeah. And then I think in season next season, season ten, is when they're going to like do the updates and things like that. Um, hopefully introduce some more anti-cheat measures and things like that, and you know, hopefully bring it back maybe in like hmm. the May period. It's a
0: possibility. In, I don't know. We're just gonna have to like honestly season. just wait and see. I'd rather them like. Make sure Crucible is in like a stable yeah. I wouldn't say stable. You can't really have it ever be stable. Like they especially need to get rid of the like the rampant cheating and that kind of stuff. That needs to be gone. And some weapons balancing before they even start at looking yeah, at And, and some more back. weapon
4: balancing. Some more weapon balancing. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Handheld supernovas are a little crazy right now. Yeah. Um (laughs) there's a few other exotics that are kind of nuts. Always just just they just need to
0: Exactly.
5: Celesto is always big in the game. One of my friends
0: is like they just need to take (laughs) Celesto out of the game. Just take it out before (laughs) it breaks something else. Yeah.
4: They just need to make the projectiles not the enemies.
3: Definitely. And now Dave, do you have a favorite destiny moment from 2019 that sticks out to you?
2: <sighs> not, I mean, I saw this this morning when I was looking at this, Um, nothing. Nothing that I can think of specifically that. It, no, not because really, I mean, there wasn't anything like. Super, super great. Um, I mean, Saint Fourteen, I guess coming back. Like I've I've been a Titan main for a long time, and all the way back to D One days taking King time, and and you always hear about Saint Fourteen and the everything that they've been able to incorporate into this season uh, around Saint Fourteen has been you know it's been really really cool because when you know Destiny Two launched and Curse of Osiris launched and we found Saint Fourteen and that was the first time that we had really seen another Guardian that we heard about in the lore um and then you start hearing about stuff like with perfect paradox and how we were going to give that gun back to him and everybody's like well how are we going to give it back to him if he's dead and and then finding out like the i guess yeah i guess the coolest thing for me was finding out that he him telling us that he had always um you know when we when we ran into him when he was young saint 14 and we gave him the shotgun right at the beginning of the season and then when he came out of the vex gate and he you know, headbutted that Minotaur. That and, was pretty and, cool. Yeah, and 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 wrapped and wrapped the other one around and, and killed him and pretty much said, You as the you as the guardian inspired me to do this. And you read all the you read all the lore and we've been hearing about St. Fourteen since we you know we had his helmet in D one and to find out that we as a guardian or us as as the player essentially were the the person that he had been looking up to and trying to model himself after. I feel like the game is is putting us as a guardian on a pedestal Definitely. and what i'm hoping happens long term is that we get knocked off of that pedestal somehow whether that's by sabathun or whatever that's by a new uh, a new threat but seeing of like the people hearing about us we'd always heard about them and then finding out with the sundial that we we are the ones that are you know building the, the the previous guardian race is is very interesting how they they were able to weave that in
5: and with the puzzle going on right now and getting you know going through the corridors of time and actually get into that the grave like that like Mm -hmm. that's our like the the rumors are is that's our yeah they're speculating
2: it's us yeah
5: yeah in there which is like crazy which is really cool you know it's like very like symbolic and everything too and it's just i just i think they're they're setting it up man like like things like this when they're like connecting and weaving different parts of the the game and you know breaking the fourth wall and everything like that it's um it's mm. it's cool they mm. and they decided season 11 was going to be like no other time in death Hopefully Destiny. yeah that's the hope so
3: let's hope they can deliver it on that Yeah so what do you guys think that means? a yeah. season unlike any others in destiny that's that's a pretty bold statement to make there's gonna that be some i think something's gonna, gonna like change in the avengers world like something like... end
0: game and like infinity war where you get more like infinity sorry infinity war i get the up. they're, they're basically this part or one infinity part war? Yeah. like part one of avengers like <laughs> yeah, the last yeah, movie with thanos too. where Yeah, where we're getting, I wouldn't say necessarily that Savathun is is that. I'm thinking of the the darkness, the triangles, (laughs) the pyramid ships, whatever you call them. I think that's, that is the ultimate ships. Because that, according to the unveiling lore, which is unbiased, which is a little biased, not unbiased, it's very biased towards the darkness, because the darkness is the narrator. Assuming that is, you know, somewhat truthful, which i just assume it is. The Triangle spaceships are the literal darkness and the Traveler is, like, the physical embodiment of the light. So, like, that's our, like, enemy. Our, like, mortal, I wouldn't say mortal enemy, but, like, our opposites. Like, light and dark, yin and yang, that kind of thing. And my thinking is, like, we have all of these allies, like, spread out. We have Mara, we have the Exo Stranger, or Mara and the Exo Stranger. Um, We have Eris, we have, like, all of the Tower. We have Osiris, we have Saint-14 now. We're getting, like, a whole big group of guardians together. My hope to fight the darkness. And even, even, this might sound crazy,
1: even Sabathun
0: wants us to beat the darkness.
4: Yes, but she doesn't...
0: She realizes the the whole pyramid scheme of she wants us to destroy the darkness. So she still has like, she wants us to destroy ourselves. She wants to become so powerful that she um, doesn't have to rely on the sword. She she knows the sword logic is wrong. She flat out said the sword logic, it's wrong. It's wrong. Darkness wrong. So she told this is going to be a little lore snippet, but she convinced the hidden swarm to build the um, Scarlet Tower the, that we go to. She convinced the Hidden Swarm to build that as a beacon to challenge us. That's what she mm-hmm. told them. But in reality, she did that because she, she knew when it came down to Guardians versus Hidden Swarm, we would win. And she wants us to be strong enough to, to beat the darkness. She wants us to like sharpen our sword against them, basically.
4: Ooh. Favorite
0: moment.
3: Hmm. So favorite Angel, what was your favorite moment, moment, of, moment of this? 2019? Uh, 2019? Probably <laughs> I think I know what it is Jack. based I on the bunch too.
0: That's probably. That's one of my favorite. I mean that that was pretty really? cool. That that really? was like number, that's like number two. That's like number Okay. okay. Let me rethink. Let me rethink. I was thinking just like so short I. I think <laughs> visiting Bungie. Let me rephrase. Visiting Bungie. Was probably one of my favorite moments. Destiny related to 2019. Oh yeah. That was.
5: That was. pretty. That's probably pretty one of my
0: favorites. Because. I got to see more behind the scenes. And see words. And. Whiteboards. And. Screens. And. Stuff. I have to be. You can't, I can't, I can't, I and cannot. And I still
3: can't get any information out of her. I've tried. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's definitely, but it's... So, <laughs> it's actually, so it's much actually a much smaller what place do. than
3: people expect
4: like
0: it to be. Like, they have...
1: <laughs> I have a lot
0: talk about that. Yeah, I have a lot of talk about that because they've shown yeah. that in the Viadoc, so I can talk... So... Yeah, they have a mo They have a whole studio in there. I like the their it. I didn't get to Because they're like, I don't want... To accidentally bump into something and mess everything up. I would feel so bad. Like, just, just, no. And I got to see where they do their their live streams. Like, their, the live streams, dude. I got, I, I got to, like, peek in the room. But I could, again, I don't want, like, us mm-hmm. accidentally, like, bumping into something. Or messing something up. So, yeah. I got to see where they, um, they watch Worlds First. They have, like, a, a movie theater, basically, in there. It's awesome. It's so cool. But, yeah. Lots of cool stuff. They have, they ha- I've just... Oh, I yeah. want to work there so bad. It's my dream. Uh, I have friends who I have, I know. Did you get to go there, there for a Thunder summit, so or what were you NBA there for? Tour, of the studio. Yeah, it was super fun. I loved it. It was so great. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool.
3: Nice. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> wait, in, wait, I got like, in the press so tour of that place before. Oh, so. oh I'm so jealous. <laughs> oh man.
2: Yes, but I mean for the record, that was like the only time I was allowed to go outside during the Destiny Two review event. <laughs> Cause I was at the I was at the W hotel for two and a half days when we were playing Destiny Two two mm-hmm. weeks before it came out. And they let us which is across the street from Bungie Studios. Oh, and then they air, took I us over breathe. there. But that was like the only time we were allowed to like leave the
3: hotel.
0: Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Pretty much. I'd be like, I <laughs> okay, I guess, like, I guess I'll just stay here Bungie and play Destiny. <laughs>
3: we'll, we'll let you us. But
0: yeah, that was definitely cool. I'm trying to think of other, like, top... I'll do top <laughs> fives. Uh, number one is visiting Bungie. Number two is probably getting my raid jacket for uh, Crown of Sorrows. I won't say getting it, first because I got it in 2020, but I mean, like, receiving, like, doing the the thing to get it. Earned, um, yes, earning my raid jacket actually got it
3: so you yeah. earned it in 2019
0: 10 years later um doing naomi labs that was pretty fun getting on
3: mm-hmm,
0: <laughs> i have the ghost shell and emblem i run that on my titan
3: did you actually complete it Uh oh really? i mean
0: it's not that hard honest i mean
3: oh man somebody's getting carried later
0: i mean i know what to do i think <laughs> there's a infographic Yeah, I, I know what to do send yeah. you that exp- it's literally step by step what to do but you have to have a snipe. uh the Black Armory, Bow, Sniper, and Machine Gun. Everyone has to have, have all three of those. Uh,
3: Forges. The Forges. From, from the, Ada. Uh, Go talk to Ada. That activity? But yeah, speaking For of forges. Ada, I'm just big, forges, big sad. Yes.
0: Because so, I deleted yep. my Titan post Shadowkeep. Because I hated how my Titan's face looked. I'm like, she looks ugly. I want a beautiful Titan. So I deleted my Titan. Remade it. Had I known all of the changes that they were doing with the new light stuff, I would have deleted my Titan before Shadowkeep because now Ada, even though I've done the raid, I have the blacksmith title. I redid the, um, uh, it's the sniper, Izanagi's quest. I redid, and I redid the obsidian accelerator quest on my Titan. She's still like, guardian, I hate you basically. And I'm like, but Ada, I've done all these nice things. And I'm like, on my hunter, my warlock, When you go in, when you're going into where Ada is in the tower, there's like the flags and the black armory symbol on the floor. That's not there for my Titan. I'm just like, had I known that wasn't all that stuff wasn't going to be there, because I'm like really big into like the immersion and stuff of Destiny. Had I known all of that was going to happen, I would have lead my Titan like the week before Shadowkeep. (laughs) Because everything was—you were going to get all of your subclasses. You were going to get bumped up to 750 anyways. Nice. So it didn't matter. It Did't matter
4: yeah, I mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I do all I those quests and everything that it gives you now, like from the couple of people that I've
2: heard that have had to or have deleted characters yeah, or it's, wanted it's to check lot, out the free to play aspect really well, of it, and like the amount of unmanageable like quests. I mean there's the have. first
0: mission, yeah. but like there's no real like, okay, you do that. And it's kind of free roam, like there's no direction. If you don't have a, someone with you who has played the game before, like if I was taking my little brother through Destiny, even though he, he's never played before. So if, if I took him through it, I would have to like basically like walk him through what to do. But if you don't have someone like that and you're just coming in, you're like, oh, hey, this game looks neat. You're going to get really confused after the first mission because you're like, what do I do now? Because it's so open ended. Because you you can do the campaigns if you want, but you don't have to. Yeah. Oh, you can do this if you want. Like it's, I wouldn't say force people to do the campaign, but at least give them more direction. With
4: the yeah, I deleted
5: my Titan too, so I could oh, play yeah, that definitely. first mission on PC, and that was that was really cool. That took me back, like. Yeah, but there's yeah, nothing, nothing in the game that tells you to go Amanda. talk to Ada yeah.
0: for the old, for the old campaigns. Tells like, nothing tells you to do like, that. I found that completely not on Ada. accident. Um, Amanda, I was like, "Oh, I'm, oh I'm just going to go yeah. talk to. You. Oh, yeah, hey, yeah, look, no, I mean... Amanda's different now. Okay." And I was like, "Oh, that's where they put that, huh?" Like, I don't know. I would have been.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
1: but if you're, yeah, like, if, you're, if, you're, you're wearing, if you're not like, following Bungie them on Twitter or something, of what's really they tweeted
4: out and everything. But if
1: you are not
4: yeah.
3: Yeah, I th- I think one thing that Bungie has implemented with Shadowkeep and and the content that we've been getting since then is I think there's a much lower emphasis on the core game itself, like the campaign. It almost became kind of an optional thing and like I don't know how I necessarily feel about bumping everybody up to 750 because it almost feels yeah. like you're I missing something. They, they did a
0: bump everything else up of to 750 to game. match. Like I the Whisper not. mission, it's not like 400 or whatever power level, it's up to 750. Like everything. hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, they like, it makes to sense. Start
4: everybody on the even playing field. All the people that were coming up, in from,
5: um, you know, all the, all the new light players and everything. Yeah
2: yeah they just didn't want like they said it they didn't want you to have to you know like hey, uh you know corn, yeah. like download destiny, check it out, and I'll play the game with you in forty seven hours when you're exactly. caught up to me, like yeah like I don't want to play that, like
5: you do that first mission, and if you have Shadow Keep, like if you bought Shadow Keep, then you can just jump right in and play Shadow Keep and everything so
2: and I don't feel like it hurts the player base though because I think that it it's just even the it, it makes it more obtainable to get people in there and then you can start explaining that to them like when they see something happen or they, you know, like I've got a couple, you know, some people in my group that have just started recently like playing with me and a couple of the, the, the core group of guys that I play with and they're watching, you know, certain things that we do or, you know, and I'll say, I'm going to apply a melting point. And they're like, wait, 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 what is that? And then we're trying then because they only play on their warlock and like they don't even, you know, know in terms of, you know, certain things like that. And then they start thinking about oh, so then he's like, oh, that's why you run
0: a high-discipline
2: build, so you have your melee all the time. Like They're starting to see that stuff, and then they know to pay more attention to it versus just, oh, this gun's more powerful than this one, so it makes it better automatically.
3: Yeah, I think Bungie, they made the game more accessible for you to play with your friends, but if you're just playing it by yourself, you might get a little lost in terms of what to do and kind of getting a good introduction to the game because i have a friend who recently started playing destiny like 3 months ago and um he felt a bit lost where he didn't really know what to play because it the game doesn't tell you okay this is how the story is progressing and that's what you're supposed to do next um so i think that was pretty interesting and um we also have something else that's that's coming This year, actually, and we're going to be getting some next gen consoles between the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, and who knows, maybe we'll get a Nintendo Switch Pro as well. And with that, with the next gen consoles coming out this year, how do you guys think it's going to affect the Destiny franchise and Bungie this year? Or will it affect them this year? Or do you think it's going to maybe have more of an impact in future years? Beyond 2020.
0: I think it's going to have future impact beyond 2020 TVH because um, they did say that um, the Xbox Series X wasn't going to have exclusives. So anything that came out for the first few years, yeah. So my assumption, assumption. For the the first two years, yeah. I know assumptions are bad, no. But my assumption one to two years is that you know once destiny 2 well, like reaches two its years, limit actually. with yeah. the yeah. older consoles which it already is i mean have you guys seen videos of garden of salvation on the original gen xboxes and playstation 4s or whatever it's really really bad and i i haven't it's so laggy runs so really laggy rough. doing especially, especially the final boss, frame rate especially problems. the final so, boss it's awful yeah. so my hope is that eventually kind of like how they did with destiny one how they eventually like stopped supporting the last gen consoles and then the next the next game will just be on the next gen i'm That's my exactly they are going to do a similar process on this one but since at least for xbox xbox doesn't have at least in the beginning They won't have exclusives. I'm not sure if they'll like do something where
4: a bit like. I don't I don't think the Series X is going to have any quote unquote console exclusives at all.
2: That's just not Microsoft's model anymore.
0: I meant like just for like Xbox. Everything that they release is going to be on PC as well. Xbox like Xbox One X versus Xbox Series X. Like the uh, the previous generation of consoles. It's mainly what I was. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I don't remember.
2: Well, that's also, that's also because their studios oh, yeah, aren't shit, ready. That's
0: right. I forgot about that.
5: <laughs> because of, they just bought them six months ago.
0: <laughs> also, yeah. Well, they got help
5: Blade like, yeah, you true. know, in early development. That was yeah. Xbox Series X footage. Like, right, that was, but that will you know, run yeah. on an Xbox one. It will, but it's going to have be Xbox Series oh my God, X enhanced. Playing like, Destiny. as you can see. In that oh, almost any like, game will
2: be Xbox Series X enhanced, just like any game will be as five enhanced
5: yeah well yeah yeah no but what i'm saying is it will take advantage of and everything you know
2: yeah but i mean i guess quote unquote what's the what's your definition it's, of advantage okay, so my expectation okay, so basically is 10, it's going to
5: scale up and down it's yeah. because it's based those it's basically a pc that's basically a pc it's like going to be a 12 terafop pc basically so the ps4 pro
2: already does that and an xbox one x already does that
5: Right, but it's running the Zen. It's running the like latest uh, like uh, chips too. The Zen two uh, processor that and the P- the PS five both runs Zen two processors and Navi architecture. I'm gonna have which a is, refrigerator, you know, basically like the doest PC like, like hardware mm-hmm. and everything. So, like what I was saying is, it's going to scale up and down. Like there's going to be patches like they're going to like implement patches. I'm sure there'll be sliders. There's going to be sliders that you're going to like, you know, be able to like have more graphical, you know, and, and, and increase the and have better frame rate performance and things like that. I think that's what they'll do. There'll be like sliders involved. But why it
2: does there need is, to be a slide? So I guess my my thought process is, is that if you put Hellblade two in an Xbox One X, it will run at this predetermined amount of factors. If you put it in the Series X, it'll run at that new preset factors. Why? The reason that sliders exist on PC is because you have a 1080 Ti. I don't. Um, So that I can adjust things. You have a better monitor. I don't. You have better RAM and, you know, you can do certain things. I don't. So that way I can adjust things to minimum and maximum settings. Consoles have never
5: had that before. But so, consoles are becoming more and more PCs. Like they have x86 architecture. Right. Then, but every uh, single going, Series X is going to be the same. Well, right. I, I mean, that's true. But the thing is, is like with the tech, with the tech that's going to be in there, it's just going to be like more because it's we're getting the consoles are getting more and more PC like. Yeah, absolutely, hundred you know. percent.
2: But I yeah. think that like having a developer like if to, let the letting a player base adjust things in a console game. I don't think it's going to happen.
5: I kind of disagree with you because it already is happening and everything in some games.
0: That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Automatically,
5: based I on mean, the hard based it, on the hardware you have. But I can't. It's not going to be. It's not going to be every game. I mean, there will be some games that just. I think it's that just
1: going to be honestly you know, just an automatic thing. That will
5: have that option and everything. That like, so. so.
2: But why? Yeah, I guess my why would I ever scale anything down on the let, series? Let, X? let me give you
5: an example: The Witcher on Switch. Mm-hmm. You can you can get into a menu that will allow you to adjust settings, sliders, just like you do on a PC, and everything. So, but isn't that mainly for battery life when it's portable? Uh, I'm not sure exactly. It is a it is a mode that you can access. Like, it's right. literally like. But a I guess my like, my, like
2: as as a counter to your example, my question to you would be like: I buy Hellblade two. I put it in my Series X. Why would I want to mess with any sliders?
5: Well, if you did you, you were um, familiar with PC and everything. And I mean, it is Microsoft. They are a, they are mm-hmm. a PC like company. You know, they are a, they are a tech company and everything. So, but why
2: is the, as a player though, me, like why, you know, that I've never, you know, like I put the, I buy the disc, I go to the store, I buy the disc, I put it in my series X, like, why would I want to change any of the sliders? Other than maybe field of view for a player's comfort. Well, you
5: you wouldn't want to, but
4: maybe somebody else would. I think the option will be there is what I'm saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Because they said there's going to be ray tracing. So you're going to have option for
5: ray tracing. You're going to have options for like um, screen screen space reflections. You're going to have options for like... But I uh, think that that's
2: going to I agree with what you're saying, but I think that's all going to be based on what it reads. Just like now, if you plug a PS4 4 Pro into an HDR monitor, it just knows you have HDR. It just knows. Right. it. Right. And if you yeah. don't, it doesn't turn on it. You can't turn HDR on if you don't have HDR. So I think that the same thing would happen in the Series X. If you plug it into a 4K television, it's just going to automatically give you 4K. If you plug it into a TV that only does 1080p. It's just going to give you it in 1080p.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's
2: goes without saying. Yeah, so. But I also feel like that'll be the same thing, because the the things that I think that are going to happen on the next gen that I uh, what I'm hoping for is that if I'm going to play Watch Dogs Legion on PS5 or Xbox Series X that I I expect it to look and to run better than it does on current gen. And I expect that just to happen automatically. Like I shouldn't have to change anything or tweak anything or adjust anything. And that's even if I take my PS4 disc or my Xbox one disc and put it in next gen consoles that are rumored to be fully supportive of that, then I just expect it to be better. Just like now when you put an Xbox 360 game in your Xbox one, it's just better. It It just happens
5: that probably will be the case like i mean just because of you know the, the hardware being more powerful and everything you know they have the internals baked into like these games that they're going to be enhanced automatically when you put it in that device and everything so i mean i think it's going to be a little bit of both basically like um you know we don't completely know though we're we're mm-hmm. we're just speculating at this point
3: see i could imagine some options being available in terms of limited customization in terms of whether you want to play in performance mode or whether you want to play in um, high uh, resolution mode. And I think that I I think think
2: that those I think those options were available at this gen because people's monitors or the way that they played games, they weren't ready for that yet. And some in some aspects, it was on the on the developers. Some, develop, some games ran better in performance mode and some games ran like trash in performance mode because they weren't optimized for it from a PS4 Pro standpoint. Those... Oh, so,
5: well, the processors are a trash. They're Jaguar processors. They're from 2011 and everything. Right.
2: But that's on the developer, not on the console mat- manufacturer. So and again, like you, you've heard all these things back and forth of like early on in PS4's life cycle. It was great to 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 make games for Sony because they didn't dictate to you what you had to do. Like Microsoft sort of we heard Microsoft was dictating to you what you had to do. And and that's why India, like you saw the huge influx of indie developers. And now Nintendo has made it super easy to put their game on Switch. Nintendo, you know, seven years ago was impossible to work for. And if you read anything before 30 years ago, they were a pain in the ass to work for um in yeah. terms of the monopolies on the cartridges and things like that. So they've become much more open to these developments and you're hearing about them allowing, you know, older Nintendo properties to be moved over to other, you know, other games or allow other developers to do things like the the stuff we're getting with uh, Bayonetta and, you know, with and you know a couple things like that in terms of those remakes. And I just feel like now the expectation would be like just like just talking destiny 2 as an example if i took my destiny 2 disc and put it in my ps5 or my series x i expect it to run at 60 frames 1080p
5: that and that's that's kind of the crux of the matter um i expected to too but how is pvp going to work and everything like the same way yeah. it works on pc <clears throat> You you and I play each other. You have a hundred forty first hertz
2: monitor. You're running a game at two hundred fifty frames. I got a sixty hertz monitor, and I'm running it at seventy frames. Who has the advantage?
5: True. I I guess that, that's why it's going to be so interesting to see because we're we're but going a PS- to an that, And that's
2: why I'm sorry. Like, and and also to 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 stack onto it, the expectation is that I don't play against PS four
4: players. Yeah. Just like a PC player doesn't play against a PS4 player.
5: I mean, crossplay was also like something that was like... But um, even
2: in Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. it's an opt-in or opt-out functionality. So if I'm opting into yeah. it, I know what I'm getting into when I do it.
5: Yeah, I think Bungie's going to have to talk about that. They're going to have to... That's something that they're going to have to... Um, uh, When the consoles get closer to launch...
2: But like yeah. you were mentioning too about you know like in terms of what they're going to do if they keep developing Destiny Two because we yeah. haven't really heard we haven't heard them say the words Destiny Three at all, Um, and which is expected. But in terms of like what could happen in a season, that could be like no season we've ever seen before. I think we could lose a planet. Uh, I think that we could break the Mercury. curse. On the, on, we, yeah. Well, we could <laughs> break the curse on the Dreaming City by destroying the Dreaming City.
3: That would make a lot of sense, actually. And that would also solve the issue that the developers are facing with space limitations on space because the game is becoming so large in terms of its sheer size that they have to cut things out in order to create new things. And years ago,
2: years ago, I have an interview with Eric Osborne at E3 when they announced Rise of Iron and they told everybody that it's not going to work on 360 and PS3. And my first question to him was why? And he literally said it won't fit
5: yeah yeah i could tell like a lot of those siva structures and uh, he said it he goes it won't fit (laughs) yeah i believe him i believe him yeah
2: (laughs) so and i think that we're going to get to the point here pretty soon you know with
5: it's already happening yeah i think (laughs) and (laughs) i
2: think that's why some of the seasonal content has to come and go because like you know everybody's like oh why like you know i don't know what we're gonna do what they're gonna do they talked about some seasonal aspects are going to return like in in the in the season during the summer, are we going to have some menagerie style activity where we're slotting runes and we have the chance to get the Vex offensive scout rifle and the Vex offensive SMG, similar to how we had the menagerie loot table where you could get, where you can still get like dust rock blues and beloved. And, you know, are they going to give us a loot, a controllable loot style table that we insert things into to get, breach light or to get you know like right now if somebody didn't
4: play season of dawn and even picks up shadow keep today how do they get ariana's vow it's a good point if they play in march how are they going to get symmetry
2: how are they going to get bastion how are they going to get um the the devil's rune
3: Now, didn't Bungie come out and say last year that they were going to pretty much take things away and some weapons will go away for a period of time, but they will reintroduce those... Yeah. items back in future seasons. So I that's definitely I'm talking see about. That. the season
2: of the summer like like as a, you know, as a wrap up to everything, like, because that's what kind of menagerie was, was like, oh, you still didn't get a dust rock blues. Like, here's a guaranteed way to get it. You didn't get this armor. You know, there was I don't I mean, dust rock is one of the ones that the air until was in there as well. There's a handful of direct ways to get certain weapons. And if you know, if they do that again, like, that's fine. But at the same time, they're they're setting the expectation of of the player base of like, it's okay if you didn't play the last three seasons, here's the fourth season that has everything in it all night with a nice little neat bow. And you can go and and earn all the cool stuff that your friends earned in,
5: in December.
4: It's okay. And I don't want that.
5: Yeah. I mean, like they said, there's going to be no other time in destiny. So I I don't think it's going to be that something more profound than that. And everything,
2: so. But I think if the caveat to that, though, is the reason why Ariana's bow isn't as powerful as it could be and symmetry isn't as powerful as it could be, because then you have a player base that's playing in May saying, that's not fair that he has symmetry.
4: Hmm. I can't get it. Yeah. I can't compete with him because I can't get it. Yeah, I mean,
5: it's the what? same problem. They're going to have at trials. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, you know, things that they're a discussion that they're going to have to have with the community when it comes to um, these next gen consoles.
3: Yeah, and and these are these are all excellent points. And my hope with the next generation consoles is that having more powerful systems, we will be able to achieve cross play if not maybe across all platforms, at the very least across the next-gen platforms and the PC. And I I think that would be kind of the next logical step, in my opinion, in terms of where this will go. And it might not happen in 2020. We might not see this all come to fruition until maybe 2021. But um, it would be an exciting way to... able to engage with all of your friends so if my friend is playing on the playstation 5 or the xbox 1x we can still play together or maybe even they can create an option just like in call of duty where you can choose do you want to play against pc or not but here's another interesting thing about that the games currently destiny is currently running in 30 frames on playstation and xbox However the call of duty series that game runs in 60 frames across all platforms at least correct if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. so I, I think that's going to be a factor as well
2: well and you but at the same time like from a development standpoint you're comparing apples to oranges when you compare that you're comparing yeah, a, 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 an essentially that. a straight pvp game that has no cooperative single player <laughs> to a game that has six player cooperative single player that allows 6 mm-hmm. That allows That's a variety a of subclasses, right you... a variety of unique builds, a variety of different perks, procking at different times, all while still trying to do. They said that during the Destiny 2 reveal that locking it at 30 frames per second guaranteed them a certain performance that they could they they knew would happen when you are fighting Riven and. You're, somebody drops a well and a bubble and a rally barricade and then you're shooting you know whisper and you're and it's procking the the white nail you know the white nail perk and all those things that are happening if if you ever watch that happen on your pc and you have a performance mode running off to the side and your pc you're watching your pc like spike like crazy when all that stuff's going on consoles can't
5: can't do that right now i hate to say it but it's the processors like yeah the, they're weak processors in the way, and these Because are, they're 2012 processors. <laughs> yeah, they're from 2011. Yeah, yeah. they're mold.
3: <laughs> well, and and I'm I'm hoping that uh, the next gen consoles will, at the very least, close the gap between PC and console gaming. And it's not going to happen completely. I don't know if next gen consoles are going to run games in you know 140 frames. But I definitely see them running it in 60 frames, 1080p, stable, maybe even 4K, 60. Who knows? Um, that would be interesting to see. With them. the specs in there, I mean, what they're touting,
5: they should be able to hit 4K. Right. It, it's, but it, and keep in mind, like
2: again, it's not always like, yes, the console is a huge factor to it. But sometimes the developers can't do it either.
5: Yeah, they got to develop for it. Yep, right. I mean,
2: they, they got to have the right engine. Like sometimes using Unreal is the more uh, financially smart decision than to try to do something in like a Frostbite style. And so like it's it's not I mean, like we, we're we seeing that stuff now happening with, you know, the Stadia where Stadia is like blaming devs and devs are blaming Stadia. Um, you know, they're they're going back and forth. And like, you know, like we've seen like Bungie can. Develop a game that works in 4K and runs HDR. Like,
5: why doesn't it work on Stadia? Well, Bungie didn't set it up to do it right. Well, wait, what? Like, they know that they can. So people have trash like, internet and aren't able to stream. Like, like, right. yeah.
2: So well, it's just it's it gets into the it gets into a weird dynamic of is it the developer is it the console manufacturer is it that they want to do the additional work and I think sometimes it's easy to blame somebody else. Like, don't get me wrong, Sony has been a huge roadblock in terms of cross-play crossplay for a long, long time. But they're they're
5: not as much as we think they are because they obviously let Activision do it with Call of Duty. Yeah, they're so. lessening their grip in other places too with Horizon Zero Dawn coming to PC mm-hmm. and everything too. So, you know, it's...
3: Yeah, and, and actually regarding that, I think that Sony mm-hmm. learned a lot of lessons and they had to make a lot of changes between their corporate structure with how the company is run to how they interact with with players when it comes to cross play I, I think that um fortnite was the game that really started a new trend where players wanted to play together and the fact that sony was blocking the ability of players bringing their uh, character from one platform to another sony was kind of forced to change the way they were running things because going into the new generation of gaming i don't think they can afford to stick to that old mentality where we want to have a closed ecosystem mm-hmm. so yeah that was that was a great great uh, discussion on the future and it's going to be really interesting to see where this all goes going into 2020 going into the fall uh season with the next-gen consoles coming out. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that all Mm
1: -hmm. turns
3: out. And uh, before we move on to the next topic, I do have one more thing to ask Dave, and that is what is next for you and for Digital Days Gaming in 2020 and beyond?
2: Uh, I mean, the focus right now is just on continuing to produce produce consistent content. Um, The podcast coming out every single week, growing the community and growing the podcast. Like that's the main priority right now. Like um, in terms of the the future, it's just, you know, trying to grow some more YouTube and figure out how to do some other, you know, uh, functionality on there. But for the most part, it's the podcast is only two months, two and a half months old. So just establishing, you know, our footprint in the gaming world. So.
3: Awesome. Well, good luck to you with Digital Days Gaming and we will definitely be uh listening and uh we'll definitely uh we're excited to learn more about what you do with uh your new projects and we wish you nothing but the best of luck with the new podcast and digital days. Thanks. So guardians, I think it's a good time to switch gears and talk about Season of Dawn and the Corridors of Time questline. And
5: Did anybody watch Glad's stream today? Anybody? Besides me. Bits and
2: pieces of it. Yep.
5: What the hell was he doing for like a span of an hour when he was taping his glasses <laughs> to his face? I think like, he doesn't know what
2: to do when he's having sub trains of 8,000 people.
5: Duct taping his shoes to his head <laughs> just like...
0: <laughs> Yeah. I did. He, yeah, I he he t- definitely pieces.
5: like was broken. <laughs> like that's everybody it was just like is this part of? i think court? he's
2: he, yeah he's caught in and you know so if you guys aren't watching i'm go, like glad has been the She's, the forefront from the streaming standpoint yeah, he's had a couple people from raid secrets and stuff he, in his discord I, I with think, him think, as they've been working yeah, on this puzzle yeah. and
0: um a bit.
2: he's having the the delicate balance of people are watching and listening to their process of doing this but you know he'll admit it to the most he's even though he's a math major he's not super uh savvy on spreadsheets and things so he's more or less kind of the guy that tell me what to do and i'll do it and so why he's waiting to be told what to do all these people are watching him and you know they the hype train's moving and the twitch stuff that they just started and things are happening and he doesn't know what to do and he also realizes that he's on camera and there's been a couple times that he's put his halloween mask on and my guess is to put his halloween mask on is because he doesn't want people to see his crazy emotion of Essentially, he's having a forty thousand dollar day.
5: Yeah, he yeah he, he had a crazy crazy day. Like he made forty thousand
2: dollars today.
5: Yeah, like I wa- I watched that like sub count rise from like eleven thousand to over twenty two thousand now yeah. and everything like I, I it, like massive growth that I've never seen. Yeah, like pretty before, much in a day.
3: Well, and also I think there's a lot of pressure on him because you know he is kind of the face of the destiny community he is the content creator who is expected to figure out the hardest challenges in the games there's a lot of pressure and between that between the surreal number of people who are viewing him and also the people who are supporting him financially and a lack of sleep because he hasn't slept for like 30 hours he got
5: three hours of sleep in the past like
3: yeah,
5: that's it. Everything out. Yeah, but yeah, DMGs us like. Yeah, but yeah. at the same at the same
2: time, if any of us are sitting there, and this is no dig on Glad at all. I I enjoy watching his content. I would love to to conversate and to play the game with him, but from a streaming he standpoint a three hour or you, and if you like, whatever okay, anybody does and for a living like, go if go somebody was sleep. consistently coming if you were sitting there and inputting him, go information go to, to a spreadsheet for your job and somebody was consistently walking into your office and setting a hundred dollars on the desk every three minutes would you stop doing it
5: yeah and that's what he explained he <laughs> he explained like yeah he had all this energy and everything and he just did not know what to do with it and everything yeah. like he yeah, had just so much so it just kind of broke him because he's asking the Raid
2: secret people like, OK, what code do you want me to do? Like, oh, right now we're just matching up screenshots. And he's doing that periodically where he's taking, you know, people are joining him and leaving and he's you taking you know, 30 screenshots and dumping them in the Raid Seekers. And then they're just working on it. So he's kind of just waiting. But everybody's watching him. He's got 85 percent of the, the Destiny directory viewer base watching him play. Yeah.
1: Mm hmm.
5: yeah it was it was it was crazy i i tuned in most of the day just because it was i was able to while i was working and, and the, was, yeah
2: and the most fascinating part right now is what they're working on you don't have to be watching 24 like 7 he's not doing a low man challenge he's not sitting yeah, there trying yeah. to, to complete something and you don't want to miss the, the the you know the, like the first you know you don't want to miss 30 seconds of it because you might miss an in- intricate piece of the puzzle they're still trying to figure out the puzzle the fact that There's a part of me that is slightly annoyed that a lot of this has to be done outside of the game. Yeah. It's, uh,
5: yeah, that, I mean that was kind of like with Outbreak Prime too. Like they had to do binary out. Yeah, but once game, you
2: figured binary out. out, you could take the once you understood it was binary, you could take it to the monitor and you could and you can convert the binary. Like once you once they kind of figured out for um the yeah. the codes for Outbreak perfected when they were trying to get the catalyst. Once they figured out kind of how the system was working, you could put in two numbers and the game would give you an audible answer of incorrect or correct. So they 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 they. They don't know like they're essentially Niety trying
5: Labs to... was outside the game too because you had to like know poems like some like yeah but i mean at least the symbols like were that.
2: there and if you if you did something correctly you advanced if you did something incorrectly you died right now you're running through these patterns and he's like glad standing in a room and people are joining his fire team and leaving his fire team and every time that happens yeah. the symbols that he's looking at change which then are being put into this puzzle, which is being put into this massive spreadsheet that we still don't know. There's, yeah. there's no viable path yet. And I think that like the quest is cool. And, and, and I just, I, I hope that this is a, I, I hope this is something really, really cool as a reward and something at the same time. I hope that the, 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 the juice is worth the squeeze from a, from a player's perspective of me and you guys like standing there waiting for it to be solved. And once it's solved, okay, now it's only a 10 minute thing for me. I just hope that it's, it's worth it.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. I do not think that Bungie can produce another Niobe labs um, situation where you complete the activity. It's really, really challenging. And once you get, your reward, it's extremely disappointing. Um, so I definitely think yeah, same they're going to do something cool for this reward. But, you know, interestingly, at the same time, do you guys think that maybe they might hold back from giving away something really, really good? Because if not everyone is able to complete this activity or this challenge, some guardians might feel alienated or feeling like they're missing out kind of like what happened with um the recluse and uh mountaintop where they had to essentially nerf the quest line to get those items because they were so essential and not everybody could get them
2: i don't think that we're going to run into that problem because i think that the once this puzzle is solved like i said it's going to be a 10 minute thing for the average player. You know, I think it's going to be here's the route. Here's what you run left, 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 right, right, left, left, right. You know, whatever that is. And then you're going to get the reward. Like, I think the legwork is being done and the puzzle is being figured out. Sim- somewhat similar to like Whisper Mission, where the, the goal at the time was Hopefully. what people were trying to do was just get to the end. Like they were just trying to make visual progress. And then they made visual progress and they got to enemies and then they got to the next wave of enemies. And then it was figured out, OK, well, this is the route to run this is where you go, this is what you do. And then this is a reward that you get, you still had to come ac- ac-
4: accomplish the task within the 20 minute timer. But the the path was figured out for you. Yeah, I mean, I
5: Bungie obviously, like, intended this for it to be a community puzzle. Like, so, uh, as you can see, like, with all the different combinations, of all these you know, hexagons that they're trying to form into a map and everything
3: that will hopefully lead us ah. through the correct path through the corridors of time and well, everything. And they did come out and say on Twitter, this isn't a sprint, it is a marathon, and it is a collective effort amongst the Destiny community. So it's going to take many Guardians to work to solve this puzzle. And I think Dave is right in saying that You know, after we've completed the event, it's probably going to take a lot less time to do, you know, maybe, you know, maybe 10, 20 minutes to complete it. Um, I do think looking at Niobe Labs, I don't think most people to this day even completed Niobe Labs. I think there's there's a low because the reward isn't
2: worth the time. Nope. so yeah Yeah. but i also think that they might be in for you know like there's there is a part of me that's afraid that this is tied to bastion and the the exotic quest that's on the roadmap for two and two more weeks and if that's the case like that'll be a little i think that that'll be majorly disappointing for people in terms of of them thinking because this kind of like showed up like unroadmapped i i think at this point if it was tied to bastion they probably would have told us um but, you know, the concern is, like, what exactly can this reward be that's worth the effort of it taking, you know, like 72 hours to complete?
5: Yeah, I, I think we, I think we're going to get something extra with this. So, I mean.
2: I mean, there's there's tons of speculation of the, yeah. you know, like Dragon's Breath has been rumored for for a long time, like you had mentioned earlier. Um, like there's people are speculating that maybe it's all three exotic swords and you have the ability to switch like, like you do with like hard light, you know, like, cause uh, our, Saint has swords, uh, around his, uh, his, his area in the, um, in the tower and everything right now too. And it's a way for them to bring all three swords back into the game without having to have like a tremendous grind to it.
3: That's interesting. That's, that's actually oh, a really good, uh, thought right there yeah that that would make a lot of sense
2: i think that might be the only quote-unquote reward that would be worth it would be you know a powerful exotic that combines multiple things into one at this point in time because like that's kind of what their exotic goals have been in terms of like instead of making like super powerful exotics you get combo exotics that do multiple things
5: i wouldn't mind having those swords back from destiny one i'm I missed the Dark Drinker, yeah, I was about to say.
2: But I, I think that there's enough people that say, Oh, like Ray's Lighter was cool, like Arc you know, like um, you know, like in PvP I like the Arc one because I could shoot the projectile, but I like the Dark Drinker one because of how much damage it did to to um the Wrath of the Machine boss and then the, the raise lighter with the with the I uppercut. Just missed dark you know, drinker. So dark it's drinker. it's one of those dark things where I feel like they could, you know, oblige people by giving us something that's like that strong and it but it uh, it uh it's 3 in 1 yeah
3: and and just to quickly recap um for any of our listeners who may not know what the corridors of time is it's the newest quest line that just came out a couple of days ago and it's essentially a maze constructed of different rooms branching off in multiple directions and there are no, definitely many many symbol combinations that you have to Essentially, figure out how to activate to unlock different things in the game. We already know that some of the rewards are already available. I, I know Shadow Price mentioned earlier the Savior of the Past emblem that you get from this activity, and uh, you have to complete 19 puzzles to no, get there's, that. There's, there's it's a, a specific, specific 11, 11, it's There's a specific
1: pattern yeah. to get
4: to get the emblem. Yeah, good. Mm No, 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 no. Yeah, I I can explain that
0: if you guys want, because I've been kind of, okay. So basically how it works is from on Tuesday at reset, if you went to the obelisk, there would be, instead of the normal symbols, there'd be a bunch of different ones. People are like, what the heck? And then if you go to the corridors of time and go in like a spiral all the way around, all the way in from highest to lowest on the, the obelisk, you would end up at Redacted, at a, your grave, basically. If you guys hadn't known that, sorry, spoilers. It's your grave. Um, well, not confirmed, but highly theorized to be. And you get a lore entry. And then if you look at the floor, which is what the symbols that they've all been doing is. The if you look at the symbols on the ground, it'll have like one of the many symbols and they were able to like connect them all in like a weird hodgepodge like. Like because some of the sides of the hexagons would match. And they were able to put it all together and they were able to get a path, but you had to have all 19 of the different patterns. Yeah, to able to uh, There's
2: speculation that it's See, built around a, the magical hexagon. If you Google the magical hex the hexagon, it's discard. like a math problem. There's speculation that it's built to... around that. So
0: explain it.
5: What about the Fibonacci? Does it have anything to do with the Fibonacci sequence? I, don't even, I didn't know what the magical hexagon was until yeah. Tuesday.
0: So. It's like it looks kind of like a <laughs> snowflake, honestly, is what I kind of
3: thought <laughs> it looked like. I still don't fully understand what
0: but... yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
4: Yeah. And that's the kind of my thing with it, is like like Definitely. I said, even when, when we had
2: Whisper of the Worm or we had, you know, Outbreak Perfected and we mm-hmm. had, you know, all these like you could you could You're kind like, of like I, didn't know that well I guess Tuesday, but sort of what it. I call fail forward where you could like you'd run it even in when you were even when we knew the exact path. It was getting comfortable jumping and understanding what you needed to do and then understanding that like you needed to change your loadout to have more arc weapons or less arc weapons. And like this one now, it's just like there's just not. There's not a lot of gameplay to this puzzle, which is a little bit disappointing to me. Like, it's cool. Like seeing the community come together and figure something out and a whole bunch of people working together to get screenshots and stuff like that. But at the same time, when you generate a puzzle that requires this much out of game time and you're not seeing, like we haven't really seen any other tangible progress since midnight on Tuesday, Eastern time, Like it's getting kind of weird.
5: I mean, there has been progress. Like they they have Mm -hmm. like, you know they have the spreadsheets they have like you know there is a diagram that that there
2: right but at midnight on tuesday night is when the first emblem dropped so that's when you that's when you first, you got the first thing of like okay you did something correctly enough yeah to know that here is a We're reward doing- that you you keep spawning like you keep spawning into the corridors of time quest right now to do what
5: yeah I mean, it's it's. I think it's symbolism, though. Like, obviously, we get our guardian got lost in the in the quarters of time, and we died, and now we're preventing. We're trying to save that from happening. I guess you know, we're trying to save our guardian.
3: Yeah, <clears throat> See, My my fear with the seasonal content model that Bungie is now producing is that their content will be tailored mostly to the most hardcore players where on in the brand when the new content drops the majority of the community won't feel inclined to try to do it because it's just too difficult rather than i can't i can't
2: disagree with you more
3: (laughs) yeah and like and there's there's i don't know there's there's a level of excitement when new content drops that i feel like i've lost and i haven't had it in a really long time and and i think shadowkeep gave us exciting content to play because it was a whole new storyline but when you look at the seasons in destiny and you compare it to the expansion passes from previous um years especially in destiny 1 i I miss the element of booting up the game going to the tower and just exploring for a half hour because everything's new, everything's fresh. There's new weapons, there's new stuff to acquire. And especially not having a vendor refresh or having a beefier storyline where it's more immersive, more campaign. I really miss that. And I really hope that, um, at least to some extent, Bungie is able to bring some of that forward into the content that we'll be getting in the future. So
2: I just want to make sure so you enjoyed the time between taking King launch and the launch of Rise of Iron.
3: No, uh, but I I do miss (laughs) because because there wasn't a vendor
2: refresh between September of that year and September of the next year either.
3: Yeah, but but we did have a vendor refresh during the dark blow. We had a vendor refresh during, um, is that, the House of Wolves? Mm-hmm. Those those expansions brought us, in my opinion, beefier experiences than what we've had as of recent, especially in Destiny Two. Because I think the annual pass, they did some things really well, but I, I do think that it didn't feel fresh enough for me.
2: OK, so let me ask you, let me ask you a question from a, a business standpoint. Yes. If you give Shax a vendor refresh, do you lock it
4: out from the free to play player? Hmm. That's tough because they. they and you could insert that for Shax, Zavala, Cryptarch,
2: uh, uh, Banshee. All of them. So that that's the problem that you know you're running into. And they essentially gave the free to play player a huge weapon pool that they didn't have to with all the forsaken weapons.
0: Ooh, that's a tough question.
2: And any weapon that they brought from year one to year two with random rolls, the last hopes, the old fashions, Hawthorne's field ford shotgun, all of those that have been slowly being added to the new seasonal stuff are also a be, you know are also open world drops for players that are playing the game on free to play. That is the problem that they're running into right now of all of the, and it's the problem that they've had all the time. Because if you remember how annoyed was the player base when dark below came out and the player didn't buy dark below and they went to see Xur and they couldn't buy
4: anything from him because all he was selling was dark below content or house of wolves or house of wolves content.
2: You know, how bad was the the content drought in destiny from January So we had Taken King in September of whatever year we had SRL that, you know, that's that that Christmas, you know, we had Festival Lost. And then, you know, you had raid challenge mode. We had one raid for 12 months. And then Rise of Iron came out and we had another raid for 12 months. Yes, we had the spring, the, you know, the April update that brought all the other raids up for the, But that only that lasted the player base about 90 days. The The problem that they're running into is trying to figure out that balance. The, the cool stuff that they're doing right now with like with Mercury and the Sundial, they couldn't they wouldn't have been able to do if the free to play model didn't exist because not a lot of people owned Curse of Osiris. But when they made Curse of Osiris part of the free to play content that all of a sudden opened Mercury up for them to do something cool.
3: That's a really great point. I didn't even consider that. So,
2: yeah. What I would love to see them do is take perks that they've been adding to the game, like firing line and, you know, like the, yeah. these new perks that they've added, like feeding frenzy and firing line and um, osmosis. Like as we're seeing those perks added now, two seasons down the road, those osmosis can roll on go figure. I think that would freshen up the loot pool to where you could get, you know, the 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 Crucible SMG with Feeding Frenzy on it, or something, or you know, like like think about like if you know Redrix is a bad example, but think about if you've earned Redrix with Broadsword, and then you could start turning tokens in, and that you could get a Feeding Frenzy Rampage Broadsword.
5: I wish they could just bring back weapons from Destiny One because it's like. If you can't bring back the worlds because of the size, sheer size, just bring back some of those weapons like you, you like infuse the loot pool and a majority of the people who are new light never seen some of those weapons before. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that could be, you know, something they could do.
3: Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how they're able to evolve the game going into the future, because these are all excellent points. And some that I didn't even consider because you're right. It's now a, a free-to-play game. So they have to, from a financial standpoint, consider all of these aspects. And I, it's tricky because I don't know what the answer is to this. Because on the one hand, they could maybe add a pool of weapons that are only available to season pass holders. But then you and, and only in specific roles. That have certain perks that you get. Which they, them to... which they
2: do that with the
4: Vex Offensive and the Sundial.
3: Yeah.
4: And so, that what you're asking for is kind of already there. Yeah. That. Because if you don't if you don't own this season, you don't access. You don't have access to
2: the Sundial. If you don't have access to the Sundial, you don't have access to any of the same 14 weapons.
3: But maybe they can do that. Do it by bringing a refresh to. I guess the overall true tower where the Vanguard has new stuff, the Crucible has new stuff, Gambit has new stuff. And if you want a specific role that's available for sale, you have to have the season pass. But then if you just want to grind out and play the, the game and get those drops, that way you can, but that's less restrictive where you pretty much can do it even if you don't buy the new content but if you want that i don't know if you can call it kind of kind of a shortcut but if you want the specific role that are being sold you'll have to buy the season pass
2: so i don't mean to be rude when i say this but you literally just described pay to win
5: that's yeah see it's it's tough because (laughs) i'm not trying to be a jerk when i say that i'm sorry
4: (laughs)
3: Yeah, right right. right now you have
4: pay to progress. Yeah. Because on on the season pass, you have two different paths and the people that pay for it have a faster path to rewards quicker.
3: The record show (laughs) I do not support a pay to win.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I know you I
2: know you don't, but I'm just giving you the perspective of you just almost described pay to win so I can pay for something and get the role that I want or I cannot pay for it and hope that I yeah, get the role that
3: definitely. I want. Yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> Did Bungie, please do no. This.
0: To the Bungie, please.
3: <laughs> so, so in terms of rewards, we also know that <laughs> there's lore that we can acquire from completing these puzzles in this new Corridors uh-huh. of Time activity. And I'm sure Dark Angel might have yeah, some have you read thoughts the lore yet, Dark yeah. Angel?
0: I actually, see, here's the thing. Ishtar Collective, which is where all of the lore is posted in a nice, easy-to-read fashion. Um, see, they posted all of the new lore that came out this season the day the season dropped. So me being me, I read all of it that day. So I've I've, I've known what was coming mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but it was just really, basically, the lore book you get, which is called um, Feet, uh... Pigeon and the Phoenix, which is about the, it's about Osiris and meeting Saint-14. And they're like kind of, I wouldn't say adventures together, but like their journey together as they like become friends. And then it ends with, um, like the later entries get into like more of the city politics. And Osiris is like, I don't want to be, cause he's the vanguard leader at this time. And he's like, I just want to go to Mercury, man. And Saint-14's like, I'll cover for you, but you need to stop doing this. And then it ends with Saint-14 going off into the infinite forest. And then, here we are! Yeah, no, it's Mm. it's really cool. I liked the other lore book, uh, Constellations, that you get from doing the Sundial. I still have to do the Sundial and technically unlock all of it, but that's really interesting, because that one talks about how the different speakers come about. And how we don't really need, how we legitimately don't need a speaker because the Traveler's awake. Because the Traveler would speak to people through visions, kind of like, almost like the Force, if you're going for like a Star Wars kind of thing. And like they would get visions and stuff, but they wouldn't be able to make sense of it. And ghosts would follow them around. So the Speaker isn't a Guardian.
4: Clear, Which, clearly. I mean, he's, he's, he's
0: not, <laughs> I mean, even if he was... He, eh, it's, he died.
5: He, he, he died, died from before.
0: Falling. Yeah, he broke his ankles. <laughs> no, but yeah. um, even if he was a guardian, he died when we, when the light wasn't back yet. So he couldn't have rest. Any, even if he was, but he's not a guardian. So that's, but it just, it's really interesting because before Saint left, the speaker was cons- er, considering Saint 14 to be his successor. be the next speaker even though he's a guardian and that's not generally how it works he was like i'm willing to like train him basically because he's like the most genuine like he wants to like help and everything so and now saint Fourteen's back but we don't need a speaker anymore because the traveler's awake and stuff so for now for For now we'll see (laughs) we'll see but yeah, I'm just. I really like the lore, and all of the stuff that we're learning. It's really, really cool. I'm excited to see what they do next season, though. That's my big. I'm just like, I want to know everything.
2: So let me ask you, what did you think of the conversation? Um, at oh the my end god, of that Ruin? was so.
0: F- <laughs> it was so great because I, I knew that there was a reason. to like the timer was so long, so me and my friend we just kept staying there, When they kept talking. And Saint was like, "What is this?" Revoker Shax. It's 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 just a gun. It's a it's a gun. It shoots like I love how there's like there's literally no lore about rev- It's it's a it's a sniper. <laughs> That's it. That's all it is. It's nothing special. There's no like tragic backstory like there was with Luna's howl or um Redrix's claymore and all that. Like there's no backstory, it's just a gun. And I just thought it was so funny. And then Shax
5: It's an inter it was an interesting I- back and forth that they had. I mean, I haven't done the mission yet, but I
0: Uh, yeah it's it's really well done i really love it yeah i'm i'm just so happy i just love it i love that there i mean like a lot of people complain about the devil's ruin quest like oh it's too short but i'd rather have it be short quests that have a lot of like witty dialogue between characters like that than have one where you have to go out and get sidearm kills and headshots and go in the crucible and you know
2: yeah, they're damned if they did and damned if they yeah. didn't in those situations. If they make something where you have to get 200 like, aerial sidearm kills, people would destroy them for making them do meaningless stuff. And when they create a short quest with like, essentially like, a cool storytelling element of, we want the lore in-game, and then you give us a cutscene, co- co- kind of a cutscene of two people talking, and we complain that it's too short. It's like, come on. <laughs>
3: it's It's hard to please everybody. And we have a really large community in Destiny. And it's it's one of those things where you can't really please everyone. And... Um, yeah. So, now, we talked about the corridors of time. We know that the quest is happening right now. It hasn't been solved yet. We're still working uh-huh. on solving it. Glad hasn't slept for days. So, hopefully... He
0: take, hopefully he gets, gets a nap soon that's my thing yeah go, go to sleep yeah. i know like honestly i mean like i understand why he wasn't why he's not all things considered but at the same time i'm just like bro please for your health
5: Bungie, bungee tweeted out the gif of the uh adam sandler movie um happy gilmore ben stiller was like go to sleep or i'll put you to sleep
0: <laughs> pretty much just they're glad. just like you need it was pretty funny. to sleep
4: yeah
3: (laughs) so now before we move on to the next topic what would you guys say or would you would you say this is the most complicated puzzle that we have gotten in the entire destiny franchise
0: i'm looking at it right now it's like what the they're they're making some big progress but they need more corner pieces honestly
5: There's just so much more that they have to do on that last line. And like that's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of them that mm-hmm. aren't connected. I mean, they're, they've
0: gotten some really big so. pieces and they're starting to get some looks like corner pieces. If I'm if I can zoom in on it, it's kind of hard to to see.
5: Now, I'm just I'm thinking, is it really going to be that long? Like, like, or is it just going to be seven it's not symbols no i think it's gonna i think it's
2: gonna eventually show basically
0: what they're doing is they're all of the images like the hexagon things that you see specifically because what you see might be different than what i see which is different than shadow price like it's different for every single person i mean there are some overlaps in case every single person doesn't do this there are they do repeat every few hours like they change but like my second one might be corn julio's eighth one so there's there's overlap over time but um
4: but when
5: it's solved it's going to be one master event- route, eventually right? yes, it'll Correct, be, yes it'll be
0: it'll a, be a route that people will be able to go through i think it's definitely going to be bigger than seven just, just looking at how big this is yeah bigger than seven
5: yeah I mean, there's a lot of hexagons
0: like, I'll post <laughs> another picture
2: or or it'll be broken into you know seven different seven also strands., true.
0: Now, this is the most recent progress I could get a picture of from the
2: well, and the, the thing we don't know either though is if if once it is solved, like is it is it going to unlock something in the game like like the the intention with Niobe Labs was that you had to unlock the forge. And they then obviously they they decided to unlock the forge based on, you know, probably alleged error on their part. So they said that we're going to unlock the forge so that, you, you know, because you can, you know, pay for paid content and, and so on and so forth. Um, it's
5: probably going to unlock something because when they beat the raid and when they beat Riven and unlock the, you know, I city need more in random the, stuff the, or the curse, the curse in the Dreaming City. <laughs>
2: There, I mean, there is something that's going on, and if if you know if they're stressing like it's a marathon, this might be like multiple week things where the obelisk only updates on Tuesdays, and this might be something leading up to that February activity where we're supposed to be donating yeah. fractaline and you know foundation. Uh, yeah, and then something you know like you know we might be doing something because similar to i think people were surprised like you know they they had always talked about the bridging of the seasons you know luke smith in his state of the game talked about bridging of the seasons and i think people were surprised but then we found out that us killing the undying mind triggered issues on mercury so like us completing this
5: you know might it's trigger some the problem timeline. with this we're trying to fix the timeline just like bungie put on that whiteboard and everything yep,
0: yep. So,
2: so like
5: maybe this is part of that process of you know Mm-hmm. It looks like Braille.
0: That's a lot of people are saying. <laughs> it's a really, really, really like yeah, zoomed out picture of all of them. But the only ones we care about are the ones with symbols. But then we still have to find the hardest part, I think, right now is finding an entrance and an exit. Because once you have that, then you can kind of.
5: <clears throat> I hope once this is solved that Bungie talks about it, like who was the mastermind behind great this? Secrets. And everything. I love
0: those guys. They're great.
5: You know, like who, who, who pulled, who started this? Like, you know, who thought it was a great yeah, idea to do this?
2: Well, For I think Bungie. making, I think making the, you know, making the the final piece and then fracturing it into a bunch of bazillion different pieces. I think that's the, that's yeah. the easy part,
4: you know? Yeah.
3: Bungie has some really smart people who come up with some really Mind I mean, blood what blood other blood.
5: game does this happen in?
2: I mean, there are, I mean, in terms of like puzzles and things like this, like I, I haven't really seen anything, but that, you know, in terms of in like first person shooter, right? Um, But in terms of like context, like some of Final Fantasy raids take multiple days to beat as well. Yeah. Yeah,
5: Sure. Final Fantasy 14.
4: hmm.
5: Oh, OK.
3: I haven't played that one. I do Neither have Final Fantasy I. 15, and but I played very little of it destiny consumes Pretty my life much
0: same here
3: yep so we, we talked about the corridors of time quest and I, i'm curious also what everyone thinks about this season of dawn because the new season did bring us quite a few things we got a new exotic scout the symmetry we have the sundial we have new exotic quests and armor and we have new lore and triumphs in the game So do you guys think the new content release model with this seasonal content does a better job at keeping players Mm -hmm. engaged than what we had with the annual pass and previous uh, expansions?
4: I think the battle pass is one of the best additions to the game. Yes, I think the
0: battle pass is a good idea, but I don't know, I just... As a, I don't know, like, it's, it's a very hard balance because you have the newer players and then you have hardcore players. Finding that balance, you, you can't make everyone happy. So, I mean, me personally, I'm, I'm kind of bored a little bit. I mean, before this whole quarter of time shenanigans came out, I was bored. Uh, the only things I have, le- I literally have a sticky note on my desk of the things I have left to do in D2. I have to do the legendary sundial with the new boss. Oh, wait, that's not out yet. I need to get the bastion. Oh wait, that's not all yet. Oh, I need to get to the lighthouse. Or oh, do the the Imperian thing. You're, you're building a lighthouse. So um, that's the emblem you get. You get or not an emblem shader. The shader is called lighthouse. So that's what I put for that. That's all I've left to do. I mean, I need to solo the dungeon for Harbinger and do the challenge zero to one hundred challenge and the flawless for Enlightened in Harbinger. That's it. Like everything else, I need for Savior. I it's it's time gated. So I don't really Mm -hmm. have a reason to play Destiny. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still do. I still log on do my bounties. I forget to do my bounties. I log on.
5: What level are you on the path? Are you over 100 already? Okay. Oh my God, I'm like 40. I I think. Somebody didn't bake (laughs) enough
2: cookies.
0: Yeah, that's what I did. Like, bake all the cookies.
5: (laughs) I I got close. I got to like 250 (laughs) something. Yeah, I just like, I mean
0: like... I don't know.
5: Right on time. I
0: mean, I definitely think this corridors of time thing is super awesome and I've kind of now been like looking at that more than like hopping on because I, I mean, I hopped on on Tuesday, helped with the initial like figuring out the puzzle and I haven't really been on I went on yesterday and did some comp and lost because I'm trying to get them broken. I need to reach legend. I'm like mythic too right now. So I just like I don't know. I mean I have I nice. have things I Good I job. have to, I mean I can't do the raid challenge because I have to wait, you know, another week. Yeah, next week. Next week is the raid challenge. Kill me, please. I don't like the final boss raid challenge. I think it's stupid. It's especially stupid on Xbox because, you know, you uh, are playing apparently playing on a microwave. That's a joke. My my raid team has it's I mean, it's really I... laggy and you have to do everything. You have to fill both banks or each bank within 10 seconds.
5: I hopped on last night because I wanted to grab the lore yeah. um, just to have it I mean, I mean, and everything. And I thought it was fun just running through I the mean, freaking yeah, over and over I'm and having over fun, again.
0: like, doing that. It's just, like... That's... A, yeah.
5: I mean, that, that part was fun. But I, I feel like I've been... I've taken this season very casually. Yeah. I mean, like, um, you can very just, just easily get
0: the savior title without even really... I wouldn't say trying, but like, it's it's not it's not. I felt like yeah. it was much more grindy last season than this season.
2: Right, because I think that there was there was no dawning event, there was no That's double true, XP yeah. event, and there was Shadow Keep as well. So you had oh, it really? was trying to mix yeah, min max everything, and still figuring everything out, and you're still figuring out armor 2.0. Um, so. I think as it settles into it there's a little bit of a of a gap there. Um but I I feel like so it's it's hard to explain because like the player base is, you know, I I've had this conversation with some of my friends too that have stopped playing Destiny or have, you know, moved on to a less, you know, to a more casual route to it and I try to ask them why and they're like they can never really say like what the main difference between Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 is because you know like <laughs> You, we had the same problems sort of the same problems in destiny one where it would be hard to find people to run you know to run vault of glass if they already had like their fate and their found verdict like yeah they might have been chasing you know chasing Galahorn or chasing an exotic drop but they really only wanted like the chest and the, the you know yeah. and the atheon kill um, you know same thing with like crota you might have had somebody chasing like that piece but but now like it's fascinating like when when d2 came out everybody was like oh the you know the lack of random rolls makes it stale and i'm like but the best guns that we ever got in destiny one never had random rolls on them either the exotics didn't have random rolls, and none of the raid weapons yeah. had random rolls
5: until rise mm-hmm. of iron i think maybe there was a but there was a special like yeah, to those raids those raids were like great like i i i can't put any raid above it. Um, and destiny two above destiny one i think every raid in destiny one is better than destiny two like
2: no i think la- i think la- it's, it's, for me it's vault and last wish like last wish is the yeah, second last best wish raid is I've ever one played. of my
0: favorites i really like scourge of the
2: and, and garden's up there garden is up there
5: i mean i like i like the raids but i i just I, I don't know what it is about destiny one I, I don't know. I uh, maybe I just have the nostalgia for it. I could maybe I can tell I you what like I think. Them.
2: What I think it is is that they they peaked way too early. I mean, Fatebringer, Found Verdict, Galahorn, um, Hunger of Crota—like those are all weapons that came out to the game within 90 days.
5: Yeah, the the, the, the loot was better. <laughs> the loot well, was better it was it, was, way it,
2: way it. Was, it, was it better? Or is there only so many things that you can do with a rocket launcher? Is I mean, there only so many things you can do with a hand cannon?
5: I just think also the encounters themselves were designed or I don't know. They were, they were a lot of fun. They were just fun. They were more fun. I felt like it was more fun to go in and do those encounters over and over again. Like, and I'm just, I'm just not getting that same like Hmm. thing in destiny too. When it comes to my clan in particular,
0: we all really, really like scourge of the past. Like we've like, I have anarchy like pretty much everyone has Anarchy, but we still do Scourge of the Past pretty weekly, just because it's a fun raid. I mean, some people don't have the Sparrow, some people want to try and get Anarchy, but most of us, like the veterans in it, just we just do that raid because it's fun and it's short, especially since we have people who know what to do.
1: I,
5: I would love to have King's Fall and frickin' Wrath of the Machine. And but so, creation.
2: but you're so I guess. That, so you're you're asking for that, and then my counter to that would be I need a reason to run King's Fall again.
5: Well, yeah, they'd have to update the loot table and everything. But the loot
2: in King's yeah. Fall was terrible.
5: Ooh. It was, but the loot in like these raids, in Destiny Two, is terrible. Look at the Crown of Song. That loot is terrible in that raid. I
0: like the look of the There's Crown not, of Song. Like, a- armor for hunters.
5: I, I, I don't like the, I don't like the weapons. <laughs> but the, i mean i'm just
2: saying that there was there was only like as it as it progressed like taking kings the weapons I, I, of the
5: leviathan are trash there was only like one what? good or two good weapons you from that, drugs. Was Midnight you from drugs. like okay sins. alone is a god in pvp okay yeah i mean alone alone is a god sin,
2: sin, sins of the past the the conspirator at the time would scout it's rifle. Not it's not
5: Fayebringer, it's not Final verdict it's not has vengeance it's not corrective measure right and i'm it's not, not, and I'm, not disag- and I'm not
2: disagreeing with it's- you but at the same time they've gotten so much crap like like you can't just bring out and like realistically all fatebringer is or was was an outlaw firefly hand cannon mm-hmm. and that's in now
0: the game now you can literally now. get fatebringer destiny 2 version in last wish from the, the cur- it's the curated um nation of beasts that's basically <sighs>
5: But you're not understanding I- what I'm saying. Like, these weapons don't have the iconic, iconic, like, which, yeah. you know. Because they can't do the same thing twice. Bungie, I know you're right. They peaked. That's the problem. They cannot create better loot that was in Vault of Glass. They cannot create better loot that was in, like, Wrath of the Machine. And yeah, you could take it leave lever with King's Fall. But, um, Crota's End also had good loot in it, too. Yeah. Hunger of Crota, Thing of your Yut. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the. What was the. What was the. Uh, I can't remember the pulse rifle. From it. you said it, so uh, it, Fang or no? Um, yeah, I don't remember what it was either. So it fired fast, and that was yeah. like, um, like uh, it was like Grasper Moloch, but mm-hmm. I can't, I can't remember the name of it. But I just feel like the loot is lacking in this game.
2: Well, I, right. I think the easiest way to fix that though is to retire weapons.
5: Oh, I no, I totally agree with you. I totally agree, and they agree
2: should have retired them every. You know, they should have started that with. Like, Fatebringer shouldn't have been usable again in um Dark Below Forward. Ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to do this true 90-day hold, like, stick to this 90-day hold, like, you can still pull Midnight Coup out of your collections right now. It's And it's arguably the best hand cannon in the game.
5: I agree that they need to leave loot behind. I, I definitely do agree with that. Because, I mean, like... This this game, you know, it, it is a base game and it is almost
2: everything that the community has asked for them to bring into Destiny 2, they've brought
4: into Destiny 2.
2: Almost. Yeah. With the exceptions of trials right now, and people are still saying it's not good enough. Because I don't yeah, think well, that you,
5: they, I don't think they know what they want. Well, that, they, they, that's just the you're not going to please everybody like,
3: you know, uh, so now in terms of re- retiring weapons do you guys mean that a weapon that i acquire can no longer be used after a specific period of time or or i can't acquire it in game but i can um, still use it if i already own it
2: i think that it would the, the the ideal situation that i would like to see is that it cannot be used in future activities like so like we mm-hmm. could take um let's take uh Okay, let's take Scourge of the Past as, as an example. You can acquire Anarchy. I mean, exotics are hard. So you you can you can acquire Midnight Coup from the Leviathan Raid. You can use it in the Leviathan Raid or in, in, in content that was released during that time frame, but you cannot take it into Garden of Salvation.
0: That's a very interesting take. I don't know.
3: Now, do you, do you think this, if if Bungie were to do this, do you think it would maybe discourage players from chasing after some of these weapons because it might be a little too grindy? And then if they essentially don't allow you to take them, these weapons with you into the new season, would it maybe discourage some players to not want to chase after I all think- of these items?
2: Did you run? Did you run Crota's end less because? You weren't getting as cool of weapons, or were you still chasing light level?
3: Um, actually, during Crota's end, I was chasing after the Gallarhorn. So I was, was deleting
5: characters because I couldn't get uh Gallarhorn mm-hmm. or Hunger of Crota. Like you and I me would both.
4: Run, it was looking like at three times. And because if you, like...
2: people people forget, you couldn't you couldn't get Fatebringer higher sure. than like three fifty attack. You were getting higher attack weapons from Crota's end. But that's also when armor was the only thing that dictated yeah. your light level. Mm. Yeah. Which I think they need to go back to.
5: I agree. I agree. I, I, I full-heartedly yeah. agree with that. I, I think that... And they could do they, they yeah. could do
2: almost the same thing that I'm talking about. Okay, so they could do almost the same thing that, that I'm talking about. My problem that I have right now, like I said, you could, you could a player could grab Midnight Coup and never take it off from the day they got it at the launch of Destiny 2, of the launch of the Leviathan Raid, until now. And you cannot give them a compelling reason to take that gun off right now.
4: Yeah, I mean, I like variety.
5: That's, that's me. I mean, I, I like... Which is why I, I love the artifact.
2: Yeah. The artifact has forced me when I'm to playing, you know, Sundial, or I'm playing the 950 or 980 Nightfalls, has forced me to think about what I'm equipping before I go into the strike.
5: Definitely, S- yeah. I, sidearms are super powerful this season. I don't know if you guys have noticed that,
2: but they have no they have no place in the end game right now because they have nothing that ties to the season artifact. You're not taking a sidearm into the nine eighty nine I've falls.
0: seen some Freds do that. No, what is it? <laughs> oh
5: it's bows, scouts, and what else? Scouts pulse. I mean, oh, yeah, bows, scouts and pulses. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it I- seems like <laughs> they need to do more work with that artifact than for some more weapons.
3: Yeah, no, I I kind of agree with Dave here because I think that, you know, making certain weapons shine during different seasons, I think it makes the gameplay more interesting, more fun, where you're not just stuck using the same weapon for a whole year. And and I, I do think that variety adds to a more interesting game
2: yeah and I think that they had to change it with the pinnacles the, when they changed the pinnacle system that ruined their entire initial plan, which they communicated poorly of the artifact resetting your your progress every ninety days for you to relevel and re re-le- and relevel your artifact to unlock the new perks and while you're doing that to continue to raise your power. um I don't think that the light level was ever intended to be increased in increments of ten at all. I think that they had to do that when they made the pinnacles
5: from a plus one to a plus two,
3: yeah. Hmm yeah i think you're
5: right it killed the incentive for pvp players too because then they had no no real end game pursuits after that they they the implementation of the
2: pinnacle system and the communication to the community was terrible people were so used to always getting to max light and they did not communicate that being 960 wasn't going to be something that we we intended for all players to accomplish in the first season
3: definitely yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. And um, you know, it's it's great hearing the different perspectives, you know, because it, it really goes to show that it's not cut and dry. Like I, I think that certain players are going to appeal to certain things. Other players are gonna want to play a different way. And uh it, it goes back to the point where you can't really please everybody. But I definitely think Bungie is making positive steps in making the game more sustainable for them to create, but also an experience that we can continue to enjoy, even if it may not be as frequently on a weekly basis, you know, but it's always a game that you can come back to and there's going to be something to do, something to explore, something to chase. And I really like that. So, Guardians, let's let's talk a little bit about the Bungie Weekly Update. Because we did get a TWAB this week. It wasn't a very long TWAB. But uh, we did get some information about some upcoming patch note changes that are coming in future uh, weeks, in, in the next coming few weeks. And also we learned that Iron Banner is coming back. And uh, with that, we're also getting a Valor bonus uh, along with that. So if anyone is trying to increase your Valor, this is the time to do it. And Iron Banner is coming back on January 21st, and it's going to be available until reset of January 28th. And uh, Bungie did also mention that there was something going on with a rocket launcher quest being autocomplete. Do you guys know what that mm-hmm. is all about? Because I wasn't quite sure when I read that.
2: So you have a quest that's given to you each season that it's how you earn armor um, in. It's how you earn the new seasonal armor, the reskin seasonal armor that they um, they're awarding this this uh, this season. So that quest consists of doing five steps each step. At the end of each step, it rewards you helmet, arms, chest, legs and and class item Um, and you cannot earn armor uh while playing iron banner from token turn-ins until the quest until the certain steps of the quest are complete um and one of those
4: is to get 10 rocket launcher kills in iron banner and the the
2: feedback was that they hated it so it's a continuous quest it's essentially capture zones um Uh, complete games and do objectives and then in most of the objectives are get kills with a scout rifle or you know get you know 30 kills with a scout rifle get kills with a shotgun get kills with uh i don't even know like a sidearm and then you know this one of them is get kills with a rocket launcher which means it's the first time that we've had one that requires us to uh, acquire heavy ammo so what's happening is that people are camping the heavy ammo. Like it was a little bit, a legitimate strategy of your team would bring a bubble Titan into Iron Banner and when heavy came up, you would bubble the heavy so that your team could pick up the heavy ammo just to get one or two kills a match.
3: That makes sense. I can definitely see that becoming a pretty tedious quest step. So that makes
4: sense because now, like you- even in the past when there was like
2: grenade launcher kills like you had special ammo grenade launchers that you could use and at least if you died you respawned you had two you know two shots whether it was you know with a with fighting lion or with you know whatever yeah. and then rocket launchers there is no special ammo rocket launcher
3: now have you guys completed the quest step where you had to get the rocket launcher kills
2: um, I did when I played Banner like last okay. like two or three banners ago. So or whatever yeah,
4: it was. Yeah, I did that, I think. I remember. Okay, cool. What what about you, Shadow
3: Price? I don't remember. I
5: didn't play much Iron Banner last time.
3: <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I d I don't think I got it done myself. I kind of just haven't really played too much Iron Banner uh recently but i haven't really had a whole lot of time to play destiny overall so i'm just kind of getting back into the swing of things um but yeah it's going to be interesting to see how they address that they are saying that the change will be coming with the next iron banner and the change
2: going- to the quest is coming but it sounds like it's going to just auto complete mm-hmm. for everybody this
3: season yeah okay well that makes sense and uh, the other topic of discussion during the weekly update and this is kind of a more serious thing that's going on uh and that is the wildfires in australia and uh Bungie uh promised i want to say it was like a week ago or a week and a half ago that they were going to release a t-shirt that would be made available on bungeestore.com in order to support the australian fire relief fund um, there is a new shirt called Guardian to the uh, Guardians to the Rescue, and all of the proceeds from sales of this T-shirt will go into uh, supporting uh, the two organizations that, um, I guess, support the efforts in Australia. I, I know that we have quite a few members of the Destiny community who are Australian. Uh, one of my good friends, Bushman Bob, from uh, the the Destiny Addicts podcast, um, also Log, who is uh, the host of Destiny Down Under. So we have a pretty strong community um, in in Destiny who are suffering right now, and because of all of these tragic events that are taking place, and um, this is, I guess, our chance to to support the cause. Uh, you get a shirt that you can pre order called. Uh, guardians for australia and also you get a special emblem if you do pre-order the shirt called starlight starbright and it's a great way to support a really great cause and i highly encourage anyone out there who is able to help the efforts please um consider purchasing a shirt because there are um definitely people out there in need and um it's it's a Pretty difficult time in Australia, and um, it's great that Bungie came together to support the efforts. And it's going to be really interesting to see how much money they're able to raise for the um, relief efforts.
0: Yeah, it matches the style of the Nepal one they did a while
3: back. Um, I'm a little torn because I'm definitely going to get the shirt. And I would completely buy it right now, but my address. You can be change different your address. By the time.
0: Yeah, I've done that before. Where I ordered something, and it was gonna be shipped to my apartment, but I was moving back to my parents' place because of school being done, and I just emailed them saying, "Hey, uh-huh. I would like to change my address." I gave them the order number and everything else, and they changed it and it arrived.
4: Huh. Okay. Yeah, You're like, hmm, maybe, maybe I can buy the shirt. Well, I mean, I, know. I was
3: going to buy it either, one, way. either way, but it was just a matter of am I going to buy it in a couple of weeks or am I going to do it right now? And I really do want the shirt because, again, I want to support my friends and the Destiny community out in Australia who are suffering because of the fires that are happening. And it's a pretty tragic thing. I mean, you have... People losing their homes, you have animals that are dying and becoming extinct. It's it's a really tough situation right now. And uh Australia is only halfway through the I guess the fire season. They have seasons where they get a lot of fires and it's this is that time of the year when they get uh more fires than other times and um I, I do hope that um they can get those fires under control because it it sucks. And Australia is a beautiful country, and I do hope that they're able to uh, recover from this. And um, yeah, it's a great way to support the cause. Um, are you guys picking up uh, one of these I'm uh, shirts? I'm thinking about
0: it. I'm like hemming and hawing because I already have a lot, but it is for a good cause, so I'm like mm-hmm. probably gonna
5: do. It says they do have. Yeah, we have till the 18th. 18th but I, I forgot.
0: Yeah. Also, the Pride the pride oh, pin is back in some, stock. I know time. a lot of my friends are like, Pride pin, Pride pin, Pride, because they want the emblem. They want the emblem. I picked it
5: up. I I, I got that. I got that. I got the emblem. I love the emblem. It's a very, very nice emblem.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll probably look into grabbing one of those shirts when I have some extra cash here pretty soon. So.
3: Yeah, I'm a little broke after from the yeah, holidays. Yeah, kind of. Same so. Shadow Price bought an amp yeah i did <laughs> An a very expensive, expensive one <laughs> yeah yeah and and now so the other thing that was in this week's bungie weekly update or this week at bungie we have a patch notes preview we have some changes coming to orbit uh or the director uh players can now shortcut directly to their roster by selecting their empty fire team slots or by invoking the roster shortcut on director maps. That's screens. nice. That's
0: been helpful because I keep pressing the wrong button. And then it's kind of cuz that's a tap tap derp in this case with me because I'm using a controller. To... Yeah, that's,
4: that's nice. pretty
3: cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that change. Yeah. I think that's positive change as well um and then also when an activity is selected fire team leaders can navigate left and right to get to quest and roster respectively then back to their selected activity i think that's a good quality of life change yeah small small change but you know step in the right direction um, we'll, we also have some weapon changes oh. that are coming. Uh, Breakneck will now have a higher damage Thank per second
0: God. Breakneck, um, please. output, with Rampage yes. being
3: times 1 and times 2. Um, and it's going to adjust from 2170-2120 uh, to 2190-2410. Wait, so correct me if I'm wrong.
5: Did Rampage 2 drop no, the... T- no, it's just output? basically
0: with all of the changes that they did to rampage and auto rifles, breakneck got extremely, extremely, extremely nerfed and was basically useless. So now fi- breakneck, breakneck got, got broken. broken. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. So now they're, they're they're buffing it to make it be back, not as powerful as it was before, but like it's not going to be like you know takes a whole clip to kill like a red bar or something. It doesn't take. It's not that bad, but like it was pretty bad.
5: Yeah, I remember people, like, you know, talking about how they pretty much, yeah, broke that gun. (laughs) I mean, auto rifles
4: are just in a bad place in general right now.
0: Indeed. Most are, yeah.
4: Most are. And
3: um, also, we did learn that uh, the screen shake with the hard light firing has been adjusted. Um, Are they referring to the kick? Of the gun, I'm I'm not. No, like when you when you
2: would fire it, like if if you if you haven't used it in a while, then you probably don't remember it. But when you would fire it, it would it would shake. The gun itself would shake, and it would cause your screen to shake.
0: Oh, I see. I
1: see. Like so,
2: it it would it would perform very similar flinch. I mean, the only time that I remember using hard light at all extensively for was for a little while was in the Argos raid because it would uh, shoot through the triangles that it Arga shot at you. Because it can overpenetrate targets. So but it would just put just take it out of your collections and fire it and you'll see what I'm talking about.
3: <laughs> OK, well, I'll, I'll have to check that out next. time. But I,
2: I, I, again, auto rifles oh, no. are in a
3: bad spot. <laughs> you know, I was doing pretty good last season with Soros. Uh, hmm. Uh, I. I got quite a few kills with with that weapon. Um, Did they make any significant changes to it since Shadowkeep launched? Um,
2: Suros did get adjusted a little bit, and it somewhat became more viable. Um, But just the the range and the the amount of ammo and everything that it takes just seems to have taken a hit.
3: Huh. Interesting.
4: And and auto-rifles in general,
1: so...
3: Yeah, I, I, I do miss the days when auto rifles were really, really effective back in Destiny 1. I remember one of the first exotics that I got was a Surrealist Regime, and I just, I used it pretty religiously up until I got some better raid weapons that I was using, but um, like the Vex mythic um, yeah, Pre-nerfed. A, Pre-nerfed Vex mythic Pre-nerfed, yeah. Oh, man. It was, it was deadly. Pre-nerfed. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, it was fun, the crucible. Yeah, so and then we also have some armor changes that are coming with this new patch. Uh, was it
4: 2.7.0? Well, it doesn't really matter.
3: Uh, but with the upcoming um patch notes, we're also getting um armor changes that are coming. Uh, several class item armor mods will now correctly provide diminishing returns when multiple copies of the mod are equipped. These mods include Perpetuation, Inversion, Innervation, excuse me, Invigoration, Insulation, and Absolution. Sweet! And then, lastly, Grenade Launcher Scavenger will no longer award special ammo for Grenade Launchers when the player picks up Primary ammo bricks,
0: yay! Makes
3: sense. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so these are the updates that we got from Budgie. I don't know if there's anything else that um, you guys want to mention from the update that I didn't. I think it fixed like yeah, the Easy Obelisk that was so you log
5: in.
0: You don't have to change your time zone or do whatever people were doing to do that. I don't know.
5: Cool. Back out and back, go back in like five times, basically, for it to finally work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: That's worked so. for me before. It, you know, it was frustrating, so, though, so it's nice that they fixed it.
3: Yeah, so overall, I would say positive things here. I really like the fact that um, we got a new shirt um, to support Australia. Um, that's a really great thing for Bungie to do, and they've been really good at supporting different efforts and different um, uh, what is what is the word I'm looking for? Different um, causes? Causes and, and events that occur in the world. So they've been really good about that, and I really like that they are making this shirt available, and I do hope it does well to help support the efforts in Australia. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think we've come to that time where we uh, rate the update that Bungie gave us in the form of spicy tuna rolls. We do have a tradition here on the show, and Dave, I don't know if you were with us when we started doing our spicy tuna rolls with our updates, but uh, yeah, I don't do remember. Have a, huh. We do have a tradition on the show where we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. And tonight we will do so in traditional form. And. Uh, let's see, Dave, do you want to go first since you All are right, our so guest? How, how many? Between one and five spicy tuna rolls. One being. very uh, really halves allowed. Sure.
1: Yeah. Why yeah. not?
3: Two and a
2: half. Two know. and it's a half. Big, OK. It's basics. I mean, they're doing a cool thing with the. The relief efforts in Australia. Um the patch note preview is nice, but I mean nothing, you know nothing. I thought there might be a little bit more info on that quest. Um you know, but other than they kind of just tease that they're in the right direction. So yeah. Pretty basic.
5: So. Yeah, three yeah. for me. Three. I'd like, say said. like
0: three because I mean yeah. they did give a little tease about the um the new patch stuff that's coming up in the next patch, which is always nice to know, but like nothing like, oh my God, that's amazing.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a three because they are supporting a great cause with uh, the Australian uh, fire relief efforts. Um, In terms of content, eh, there was nothing really here that would excite me. Like, you know, Iron Banner is coming back, but they didn't really show anything new in Iron Banner that we can chase after. Uh, More so housekeeping items that uh, were given to us in this uh, update. Um, And yeah, the patch notes were kind of short. Nothing really big that stood out for me. So I'm going to give it a three out of five spicy tuna rolls for this week and i think uh we've come to that time where uh, we get to wrap things up for the evening and uh before we do i want to thank dave for being on with us you were such an awesome guest and thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us on the destiny show podcast it's always great hanging out and talking about video games and um it's it's been a it's a really been a fun, fun uh, evening. And uh, thank you so yeah, much for joining Appreciate
2: us. It. Yeah, it was yeah. a blast. So.
3: And and Dave, before we let you go, uh, where can our listeners learn more about you and your new podcast called the Digital Days Gaming Podcast?
2: Uh, I mean, the easiest place to find me is just on Twitter at Good Dave Hunting. Um, that is also any if you want to add me on PSN or Steam. Um, it's the same. It's either good Dave Hunt or it's good Dave hunting um, pretty much everywhere. I've been able to streamline a bunch of that stuff down. And then, um, like I said, Twitter for Digital Days Pod. So it's at Digital Days Pod. Um, and then just the main website, www.digitaldaysgaming.com. And that's D-A-Y-S. Some people are saying that Digital Daves, but it's days.
3: So because it's not just me. So <laughs> Awesome. And Dark Angel. Where can Ooh, we learn more, learn about, more you?
0: about the Dark Angel? Um, I'm on Twitter most of the time now, pretty regularly. I'm it's just duh, it's X Dark Angel with an underscore, X Dark underscore Angel ninety eight on Twitter and Instagram, and then just X Dark Angel on Twitch and gamer tag on Xbox is the Dark Angel ninety eight. Yeah, that's basically me in a nutshell. Cool,
4: awesome. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you?
5: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shadow Price seventy um, nine. Also on Twitch at I am Shadow Price, and my, um, my Steam ID. Well, I don't know my ID, but my my name on Steam is Shadow Price, and you know, just you, you can find me on there.
3: Awesome. Very cool. And you can find me on Twitter at OMGCornholio. You can also find the Destiny Show podcast on all major podcasting apps. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and 11 total platforms. So we are pretty much everywhere. You can also find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show or at our website at destinyshow.com. And uh, thank you, Guardians, for tuning in for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. And we will see you all next week. Bye-bye.
4: Listening to a Robots Radio
3: podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. I'm Bob. And I'm Brad.
2: We're lifelong friends. And the hosts of the Film and Whiskey Podcast. This is the show where each week we review a classic movie and a glass of whiskey. That's right. Every week we go in-depth on a well-known movie while sampling the best from the world of scotch, bourbon, and more. Because nothing goes better with strong opinion than equally strong liquor. Bob's a movie nerd. Brad's an average Joe. But together, we give fresh insights and hot takes on the world of movies and spirits.
3: So check out the Film and Whiskey Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network.